you don't want to dive too deeply in certain people's holes. And, yeah. We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode of shows that suck and shows that blowed. Buckle up, buttercup, it's a bumpy road. Going deep inside the mainframe secret code. Some of this shit stinks, some of it's gold. Featuring the VIPs of SBTV, Austin G and Dr. DB with our AT&C money. Weird TV is their specialty. It might be all four, or just one, two, or three. Cause they're old and kinda busy. So go get ready and take a peek. So set your phases to download a rarity that we had bestowed. Special moments no one would have showed. Open your body holes cause you're gonna get told Grab yourself a drink and let's unload In a very special episode Hello and welcome to a very special episode podcast Where we review very special TV shows about very serious matters And try to be funny about it? <laughs> My name is uh, David Bitsenoffer, and over in Portland is... Carolyn Maine. Hello, Carolyn. Hi! <laughs> and back in Minnesota with me is... Eating a bucket of fried chicken, Austin Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> Did you beat anybody up prior to buying that chicken? Uh, I... No contest. <laughs> <laughs> but is it just the skins? That's the thing you gotta know. <laughs> None of that pesky chicken meat in there. Oh, man. I was literally eating chicken skins when they said that. It was freaky. <laughs> and you're like, mmm, chicken skins. It's so good. And we have a special guest with us whose voice you already heard. That is... Uh, Lauren Paulson. And she mm-hmm. happens to be my girlfriend. Yes. For the time being, anyway. <laughs> well, and, and so much more. Come yeah. on. <laughs> we'll see if she still is at the end of this episode. Yeah, well, she requested to be on this episode, and I don't know if you're trying to say anything or something. Is this, Lauren, is this a cry for help? Is <laughs> this is my plea. Is this your subtle way of, t- of telling, not telling? No, not, that's not true. I'm passionate about this topic. Yeah. And I think it's important, especially in light of recent developments, that uh, women know they have rights and responsibilities and um, should be heard. Are those rec- the, the recent developments you speak of are America? <laughs> Aka, is that how you said? Aka. Oh, I can't even do it right. Aka. Yeah. Yeah, am I coughing or am I talking healthcare? I don't even know. Zoom <laughs> tight. Well. Sorry, we can go back. No, today, okay, okay. the topic we're reviewing, well, we're, we are reviewing <laughs> Roseanne, season five, episode 13, Crime and Punishment, and episode 14, War and Peace. In these episodes, Roseanne's sister Jackie is dating a guy named Fisher, and he's seemingly a nice guy. However, Fisher has a temper, and, well, this is a very special episode, so we know what an angry boyfriend means. Jackie is physically abused by Fisher, and then Fisher is physically abused by Dan. Dan, unfortunately, ends up in the clink. Wah, wah. Yeah, it's kind of less physically abuse when Dan does it, and just like straight up <laughs> well, beating like up a guy for him. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, go Dan, go. <laughs> woo, we can get into that. We don't feel sorry for Fisher. That's what not even a little bit. Yeah. He it's needed still it. Physical abuse. It's just 
justified physical abuse. Yeah. yeah, and then you call that getting punched in your damn face. <laughs> yeah, Nazis. Because <laughs> you had it coming. Yeah. It makes me that, um, what was that? Chicago musical. He had it coming. Keep going. Sorry. My bad. Uh, edit that out. You're so good. No, <laughs> repeat it six times. <laughs> Cicero. Yeah, <laughs> 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 I think that's <laughs> This is our first time doing Roseanne. Yes. Yeah. I've been kind of waiting to do Roseanne this whole time secretly. Did she have a lot of very special episodes? No, not necessarily. But she's just, it's the realest sitcom there ever was. When I was eating chicken skin throughout this episode, <laughs> I found like, it I so relatable. <laughs> oh, yeah. More than almost any TV show ever. Yeah, there is a certain naturalness yeah a natural aesthetic to just being a lower income family i suppose is the, mm-hmm. and wearing huge sweaters with chickens mm-hmm. and eggs on them well and just the way they've always like written roseanne and dan's relationship i yeah. always feel like that's just so like real you know like it has mm-hmm. a certain like yeah that's how normal people talk and yeah mm-hmm. that's how a husband and wife like they kind of josh each other around a little bit and poke fun at things and tease each other, but they still love each other. Like, that just seems very identifiable, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was really one of the first sitcoms that did that, that that kind of presented a more realistic working class kind of family. Um, you get them nowadays. It's, yeah. They're not, they're still not as common as, mainly because they're harder to write. Like, Mm-hmm. It's but I feel, real. <laughs> like, I feel like this is like a the all in the family of the nineties. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. That's probably its rough comparison. And Roseanne is Archie Bunker. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty. I much. think so. I think so. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we should get started with uh, Carolyn. What's your relationship with Roseanne? Oh, I guess I jumped the gun and I already yeah, said it. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it uh, pretty often as a kid. I remember just, you know, it, oh, God, growing up with the characters, kind of. And it just, like, turning on the TV and that, like, seeming the most, like, my mom out of anybody tells you a little bit about how I was raised <laughs> or not raised. Chicken skins and all. <laughs> right, right? Totally, totally. When they call themselves poor white trash. And when they're, and then they're not racist either, but they are just poor and trashy. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I watched it a lot as a kid, and I kept up with it a little bit here and there, and I saw just a tasteful peek of the really weird last season, too, so <laughs> pretty intimate with Roseanne. Yeah, good. Uh, Austin? Uh, yeah, I. this is definitely a sitcom I'm really familiar with. Probably, like, the first six seasons or so, especially. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like they they were running in, like, the late 80s, early 90s, into the mid-90s when I was still in that sort of sweet spot of not having much of a social life and still being around in the evenings and not having, like, tons of school commitments and crap. And so it's like, and my family would watch this. Like, I have distinct memories of, like, eating dinner and this was on the TV in the kitchen. And um, and so then I think towards the end of its run, I was older. And so I've mm-hmm. only seen a lot of, like, that that wacky last season when they win the lottery and <laughs> Stuff like, like I've probably only seen those episodes maybe once and maybe not even all of them. Um, but then this is also a show that's pretty much remained in continuous syndication since it was on. And it's I think it's the first show that we've reviewed that like I still watch to this day, like just 
last Saturday I watched an episode of Roseanne because it was on Lifetime on a Saturday morning. They run like a block of Roseanne episodes and now Liam was doing something and I had it on in the background. And I love Lifetime. I love that you watch Lifetime, Austin. Hey, they got Roseanne episodes on it. I'm, I'm going to watch it. And it was on Netflix for a super long time and then it disappeared and that was depressing. Just in time for this podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it might be on a certain schmaly schmoshman. So yeah, it's um, it's a show that I have a lot of affection for. And uh, yeah. Just those opening strings of the harmonica. <laughs> it just like takes you there. It's funny too, because like, and some of this I think is just the difference from being like, a kid and not knowing what's going on in the world and then growing up and having adult problems. But like watching this as a kid, I always felt like, like my family wasn't rich, but I would have considered us as sort of thoroughly middle class and Mm -hmm. not having to necessarily like struggle to make ends meet the way that the family, the, the Connors on Roseanne did. And yet now as an adult, I watch it and I have a lot more like empathy and, feel more of a piece with them and they're struggling to make ends meets than I ever did when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lauren? Um, well, I'm probably a little different, so I don't have as much of an experience with Roseanne as everybody does. I don't know if I was just a little bit younger when it came out. Um, did you go outside as a kid? <laughs> yeah. That's, I did play that in the park. Me. That was your and, first um... <laughs> mistake, Lauren. <laughs> We had a dog, so, you know, responsibility. Um, <laughs> Dogs can watch TV. Dogs love TV. Yeah. No, um, I mean, I, I, I don't recall. Like, I'm sure I haven't seen every episode. Definitely caught a lot of stuff more in the syndication than in, I don't real-time airings. Um, we never watched it as a family. I don't think my mom really cared for it, so we just never really watched it. I don't know if it was, like, more of the crudeness or maybe it was too real for her. I don't know, because when we watched the other one, I was like, this is my family. Like, I don't understand why we didn't watch this. Um. Hit too close to home. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Just a little bit. Um. But yeah, I watched a lot of stuff, you know, parts of syndication. Like, I can tell you the basic, like, plot of the show as a whole. I could name all the characters, you know, that kind of stuff. But just not um, ingrained with every single step. I know there was two Beckys yeah. and all that stuff. So, fun facts there. You don't even there, see but... Becky in these episodes. Yeah, she's not in these episodes. Yeah, some of the, some of the oh, chronology yeah. has gotten mixed up in my head. Because I totally, like, I definitely remember these two episodes but i totally thought they happened earlier like i was surprised i'm like oh yeah season five like becky's already gone at this point yeah mm-hmm. and i had to do like uh some down in the rabbit hole stuff because i thought they had won the lottery like earlier in the run and there was more time when they were kind of crazy and rich and everything uh, oh yeah and no, because no. i just like that's probably when i actually picked into it more so i had to be like when did that happen and what what did that season really kind of look like? Because I don't recall a lot of that. So I kind of went in my own little Roseanne rabbit hole for a little bit. So. <laughs> nice. What about you, dear? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I watched it a lot when it first came out. Like the first se- few seasons I'd watch it because I watched everything on TV then. And I liked it. And although I was more with Austin where my family was thoroughly middle class at the time, so... Uh, I didn't, but I knew, well, there's one specific family I'm thinking of, but I knew families that more fit into the mold and had friends with them. And it it did, I think there was something about it when I was watching it that it just felt a little more real and authentic 
than a lot of uh, other sitcoms that were out there. You know, this is about the same time like Full House came on, and I certainly watched a crap load of Full House. Yeah, but love it certain- me some Full House. <laughs> <laughs> and they couldn't be more different. Yeah. Crap, but polar I mean, opposite. Yeah, but I mean, there's that Full House always felt like just a fantasy yeah. Like, yeah, land that just wasn't real, and this always weird had, pastel. Yeah, this always had an authenticity. Yeah, and this is all flannel and wood, like just mm-hmm. the fashions. There's the blog where somebody takes all the Roseanne fashions, and they're all so like unesthetic. I love it. <laughs> That's how I dress every day: is in like a big, huge sweater and leggings, unless I have to go outside, and then a little. But well, there's yeah. there's yeah. uh there's a scene. I think it's in the second episode where. Like, Dan comes out in the morning, and he's wearing, like, this big hooded Chicago Bears sweatshirt. Yep. And I noted, like, I think it's because of this show that I find something, like, oddly comforting about sitcom characters wearing sports paraphernalia of actual sports teams. Like, that identify with their neighborhood but, Yeah, and just because I feel like Roseanne did that a lot. Like, you'd see Dan wearing, like, Bears gear and Blackhawks gear and stuff. Right. Like these big cushy sweatshirts. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys' episode just came out for the Leave It to Beaver one, and it's like they had family dinner, like ready on the table, like and sat down with their suits <laughs> and taboo alcohol, and then here they are, like bucketed chicken. Let me grab a beer. <laughs> Whoever yeah. can eat whenever, and it was just like when you see the contrast and how stuff is written at different times, mm. like it just feels. <laughs> real like yeah right like they would totally the connors would share a bed and yeah. share a toilet oh, yeah. <laughs> they would do both yeah but i did fall off and not really watch the later seasons like i remember sure. watching some of them when darlene was off with her boyfriend david i love yeah, david, david. <laughs> that was but, so real but i'm pretty <laughs> sure i to this day i haven't actually seen a full episode of the final season Whew. They, they go they go off the rails. <laughs> so I, like, <laughs> I do remember watching some of it once just because I heard they won the lottery and I was sure. checking it out, but I didn't watch it all. I don't, and I just remember, I think DJ was upset because he couldn't relate with his friends anymore or something because oh, they're rich now. Or... Well, and I love the David character. I know we don't yeah. know him in this episode, but like I remember when Big Bang Theory first came out, I was like, oh, it's David from Roseanne! Yay! As like right? a non-Roseanne fan, I'm like super excited about that. Well, and that's, I mean, that's <laughs> worth pointing out. Like, not only is this sitcom hugely influential in terms of like tone and other shows that kind of imitated it and followed in its vein but like it spun out a ton of creative talent that's like still working in tv today I mean, from george clooney george clooney yeah. johnny galecki on big bang Go theory ahead. i mean big bang theory is from one of they the had creators Sarah gilbert and laurie metcalf yeah. on big and bang it's theory chuck laurie created this sh- well co-created this show with roseanne he's the creator of big bang theory two and a half men um a whole ton of sitcoms in between Amy Sherman Palladino from Gilmore Gr- of Gilmore Girls fame uh, worked on right. the series. I mean, she has a credit in this episode. Joss Whedon wrote for Roseanne. And yeah. didn't um, what's his face the the um, Quentin Tarantino didn't he write for Roseanne too? I think. Yeah, I think he may have had uh, he may have gotten some work there too. That's when he was doing sitcoms. Yeah, I just know Roseanne Barr. Did not get a creator credit on this. Yeah, and that goes back to like the pilot episode, and like she wrote, she was 
a writer for a lot of episodes, but for whatever reason, she was not credited as a writer for the pilot episode, I think, and that's where you... Get established creators? Yeah. yeah. I think, and, and so she... And I think... And apparently that had always bothered her, which I can understand. Oh, yeah. Like that's... If you, you... I've never read any of her various bios, but I've read mm-hmm. about them. Oh, Well, they I said have. she's Archie Bunker. I mean, they said she yeah. took... So your All in the Family reference was right. She took Archie Bunker and made him female, and that's what she based her character off of. Well, I'm, ba- I'm basing nice. the, my information from a Tom Arnold interview. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they I famously reunited at her roast. Did you see it? No, it was, I it heard It was okay. Not. They did a little hug. She did. I did hear all three of her husbands were on the show at some point. Mm. <laughs> she gets everybody work. Yeah, you can turn on the channel and see some celebrity and also Tom Arnold. Just any old time. Yeah. Oh, it's also worth pointing out, uh, as we've mentioned a few times in the past, this is yet another sitcom based on a stand-up comics character in which the main character <laughs> has the same first name as yeah. the comic. So it's not just the Tim Allens of the world that can't remember their characters' names. It's also the Roseanne Bars. Martin Lawrence. Martin Lawrence. Yeah, no, they're all out there. It's like, I feel like Roseanne did it for branding reasons rather than being too stupid to remember her name, but I can't prove it. Oh, I'm sure most of them do it for, for branding <laughs> yeah. reasons. I mean, if we're being honest, they're not dumb. Every single other one I blame on them being stupid because <laughs> it's fun. No. <laughs> But this is the sitcom I always think of when I think about the fact that, like, King of Queens or whatever, and you have Kevin James, and he always has, like, a good-looking wife. Yet, if the female, main female is conventionally, un- not conventionally attractive, I should <laughs> sure, say. Sure, sure. Uh, the male always has to be not conventionally attractive, too. Like it's. But then, like, how long until we all just admit that John Goodman is very conventionally attractive? Uh, I was just gonna say, do you not have a little crush on John Goodman? Because I do. Right. But he is not traditionally attractive in the traditional kind of way. Like, he's, at this point in time of this show, he is a fairly, like, heavyset guy, and he's not, like, a bulked out, you know... Mm -hmm. Fit Mario trim. Lopez. Yeah, Mario Four. Lopez. <laughs> he got so big after the show, and I just mean his star. It's not a weight jab, but just like yeah. John Goodman started here, and he's been in almost every movie since. He's still really big, and then when you see him, you're like, oh, sweet, John Goodman, still. Was there periods of the show where he wasn't on, or am I making that up? Uh, well, the last season, spoiler. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. But he was in that season, though, wasn't he? A little. A little. Yeah, he was like, there, just not as consistent, I think, as yeah. he had been in the previous one. Because, like, he's... I mean, I guess we could spoil it. It's so... Spoiler, Roseanne. Spoiler coming <laughs> at you. The last season's a dream, 20 right? years ago. And no. Well, yeah. Kind of. <laughs> it's her interpretation of how life should be. Okay. Mm-hmm. She but wrote a book about... <laughs> a weird book. But he yeah. wasn't dead in that last season, right? It's also not mm-hmm. clear in that last episode if she's just talking about the last season or the whole series. The whole series, because she swaps her children's partners and stuff. She, like, does weird moves, and then there's this big reveal of a different I thought it was universe. just the last season. It was supposed to be after Dan's heart attack. Then it was that last season was how she was coping with losing Dan. Yeah, I think it could be argued both ways. It's 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 very weird, and I've only, like, seen sure. it once, yeah. and so it's sort of like, I don't know. It's like a tacked-on ending that tries to affect the whole thing, to my read of it. Pretty baller move. Whack-a-doodle. Yeah. Roseanne. 
All right. Um, I guess we should get into the episode. It starts sure. in the uh, quintessential Roseanne kitchen. And DJ is working on his homework. And Yay, he- math! Yeah, I like it. I, well, I like this opening scene because it underscores one of the fundamental truths of the world, which is that math sucks. <laughs> math does not suck. Take that back, Austin. <laughs> Team uh, Austin again. The, the question was, one. What's one fourth times one seventh converted to base two? And the answer is, this is dumb, and sh- no one should have to know it. I'm supposed to multiply one-fourth times one-seventh and give the answer in base two. That's a difficult question. It is very difficult. (laughs) Like, I don't know why DJ is having to convert to binary. (laughs) Because how old is he? Fifth grade? Yeah. Seventh grade at most? Like, come on, right? Yeah. And not just anything. He has to convert a fraction to binary. Multiplied fractions to binary base two. So, because I'm a math nerd, I'm going yeah, to jump please, in for a minute here. Oh, did you figure I figured it out. So, I don't right. know base, I don't know <laughs> different bases. So, we live in world base 10. Yeah. So, I had to do a little research on base 2 so I could figure out how to convert the answer into base 10, or base, into base 2 from 10. a computer programmer I know a bit about. Well, I was going to say, I know that base oh, 2 is adorable. all computer programming, because yeah. it's, it's everything represented in zeros and ones. Mm-hmm. That's what base 2 is. So there's this complicated math formula that you have to do in order to, to remove out the fraction, and then you use it as decimals in order to get the multiplication to switch everything into zeros and ones. So it's basically division with lots of remainders. So if anybody wants to know, the actual yeah. answer is point zero zero zero. I'm going to say zero 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 zero. Three. There's four zeros. So point <laughs> zero 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 one zero zero one. Zero zero one, and then that pattern repeats forever. Uh, I can wow. I can think of right. no possible reason <laughs> that like a fifth grade math class should be going over this. No, no if no, anything, college. Happen. I feel like yeah, if you're in be, computer programming, that makes sense. Maybe, maybe some super weird. advanced high school post calculus. <laughs> so I was a math major, and I did tons of calculus. Love calculus, and we never oh, worked in different God. bases. Yeah, so. you don't. You- you Nerd. don't work in different. Yes, my push up my nerd glasses. <laughs> for you, Caroline. Well, it's fun to have different kinds of nerds on our show. <laughs> it is. We'll learn us something. Yeah, I can't talk about Star Wars, but let's talk numbers. <laughs> <laughs> the only numbers I know is that third base is sixty nine. <laughs> <laughs> That's my math book. <laughs> Sunglasses out. So convert base sixty nine into base three. Yeah, Let's exactly. <laughs> Just all threes with a hat. I'll do it. Anyway, there's uh, your fun educational lesson to start. So, that yeah. that helps. Which is still like yeah, an impossible question for a fifth grader. Uh, yeah, uh, right. Okay, just before we continue, the series finale, you don't have to keep this episode in, says that the Connors become millionaires, but it never actually happened. Everything is witnessed through Roseanne coping coping with the death of her husband, who you we all thought survived from his heart attack in the season prior. So I think it's just that last season's all fake. But then they talk about how the the daughters were dating. She swapped which daughter was dating who. Yeah, she talks about how, like, in real life, her mom was gay, and... Jackie was gay. and Or Jackie, oh, yeah, and that Becky that was with sense. David, and Mark was with Darlene, or something weird. And that's where you're like, wait, so, like, for the last season, or for the whole run of the show? And this is all very confusing. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, 
So Darlene comes so then, in. Yep, Darlene comes in being all her uh, 90s grunge self. And uh, <laughs> apparently DJ had put bath oil beads in her pocket and her pants got all discolored and people laughed at her. So she knows how Becky feels. Which, Carolyn, as you pointed out, uh, fun fashions so on this relatable. show. So relatable. I loved the mom jeans Darlene was rocking in this scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the oil in them. And just her, her whole vibe. Like, that was totally our whole vibe. Oh, like, yeah. I should specify that I wasn't raised, like, in the, the poorest neighborhoods in the world just because, like, I don't want anyone thinking my life was harder than it was. But but we were sassy women with oversized sweaters and flannel and plaid and dyed goth black hair of my middle sister. That's, like, literally all we would ever do. So relatable. <laughs> and so then, uh, you know, uh, they have the good old joke that they want to ground DJ and not let him play video games, but Dan is on level 8 of Super Froggy Quest. Hey, how about a week with no video games? Uh, honey, that'd be perfect, but uh, I'm on level 8 of Super Froggy Quest, and <laughs> just got to show me where the magic jewels are. That's not real. I know. They... <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't they name drop a real one? I yeah, guess they exactly. Want to. You know, I talked about how authentic this uh <laughs> Sitcoms, but I can tell as a kid when that line comes up, I'm like, that's not a video game. What about Frog Math? Have you played that? It's like a funny frog math game. Uh, frog Fractions? Yeah, is that the one? Yeah. yeah. It sounds amazing. Why don't we play? You would love it. <laughs> it's going to bother you with its absurdism. But... Yeah. Is it in base 2 or base 10? That's what I'm um, 69. <laughs> <laughs> I I, I don't think you'll enjoy the game as much as you think you will. <laughs> uh, but if anyone out there is curious, you should go play Frog Fractions. It's quite an interesting game. Endorsed. Yeah. Uh, or or but don't play Frogger. That game sucks. It's okay. That's where you have to cross sucks. the street, right, and keep yeah. hitting by cars. Mm-hmm. I never made it across the street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very good at video games. Because you get to the river, then you have to get on logs and stuff too. That's all tough. Uh, so they decide to let Darlene punish DJ, and she does so by making him wear a suit and tie, and that's something that goes nowhere. Um. (laughs) Yeah, it's more or less just the joke. Yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, an opening joke. Yeah. That Roseanne would have made him wear a dress, though, and I don't know if that's, is that a... Transphobic joke? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it probably was, kind of, but... (laughs) You could also, I mean, it's it's more on the kids who would make fun of DJ for it than the writers making fun of kids that do it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Well, and Roseanne was always, like, they have a gay couple on the show. And, oh, like, yeah, no, it was. Yeah, series, like, they're no. pretty. It was certainly not intentional. I think it was just, you know, like different mores and <laughs> different different yeah. levels of, of uh, social penetration of that kind of stuff. Social penetration. Yeah, it was like before that was a thing to most people. Yeah. Trans being. <laughs> yeah, I was they... totally new. And Roseanne tried. Well, I guess she's a little crazy now on Twitter, too. Yeah. She's kind of a turf, which is too bad. But I, I think... do want to respect the power that she brought to the situation. Yeah, you respect it. I feel like there's something about like comics that they don't age well. Yeah, yeah. and they kind of have to. Yeah. Remember that, like, Carol. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be really open to whatever the hip kids are doing when I'm 50. Mm-hmm. They'll probably good. be doing what cyber 69s, probably. Yeah, I mean, I think I just think in all eras there are jokes that comics tell that mm-hmm. 
from the current era seem inappropriate, but when they were told back in the day they weren't they weren't meant with any kind of malice aforethought, and I think that's kind of what this is. Exactly. Well, I've often thought, like, if I make it to 80, what's going to be going on that I'm going to be the doddering old man that just can't understand these <laughs> kids and their newfangled right. stuff? And it was always like, what, are people going to try to marry their dog or something? And I'm going to be like, this is insane. But now I feel like it's just going to be, everyone's going to be openly Nazis. And I'm going to be like, in my day, we hated Nazis. <laughs> in my day, we respected other people. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's my new the fear. Brazil theme. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's going to be fun. Exactly. Damn kids uh, these days and their eugenics. <laughs> oh my god. No. I thought all races were equal. Oh. <laughs> crazy, it's old, crazy old man Pitzenhofer with his hippie <laughs> outlook again. Remember that PC three weeks in 1993 when we did think that everyone thought that all races were equal? Like, I thought we had it okay a long time ago. I'm a fool. I know. I know. And I thought Uh, in elementary school that we were all going to actually, like, care about the planet, but that didn't happen. Yeah, I did care. What was the goddamn point of Captain Planet, people? (laughs) Fucking nothing. Uh, All right. But we get the harmonica. That sweet, sweet is, harmonica. Like, Remember when they I, got all the way to John Popper with it? Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, that was the last season too, right? Where he like sang the theme song. He's like, now yeah. you're watching Roseanne. <laughs> this is the last song. Seasons, I <laughs> I blues Traveler. You don't know who that is. <laughs> Burn. Doesn't kill us is making us stronger. We're gonna last longer than that greatest wall in China. Oh, that rabbit with a drum. If there's one thing that I learned while waiting for my turn, it's that in each life some rain falls, but you also get some sun. can say that it's as true when I was in high school, when I was young watching this as it is today, that this specific opening sequence of Roseanne always makes me hungry. Yep. I always want pizza. Like, yep. I'm watching it. Uh, I'm like, it's different I want every season, pizza. right? Like different <laughs> things they eat. Like they eat no, like they Chinese food. Yeah. I remember the Chinese food. Sometimes wasn't there pictures? The for yeah. yeah oh, pizza. there was pictures. Yeah. There was like, yeah, they like morph. age them through kind yeah. of. Mm-hmm. And Becky go actually goes through her. Yeah, yeah, she goes from Lacey Gordon <laughs> to Sarah Chalk back to Lacey Gordon. And that's when everybody was using that Anamorphs technology yeah, to exactly. like do face morphs. Yeah. It was also I feel super like this weird. pizza one was on for a while, maybe more. Yeah, than they did it a couple different yeah. times because, like, I think pizza the, kid, the kids are aged yeah. in each of the yeah, opening pe- seasons. Yeah. I think. Yeah, pizza we, feels I, really. I sensual. watched these episodes yeah. after eating dinner and was still like, "Damn, I want some pizza." <laughs> exactly. No, it doesn't matter what I've had. I'm like, "Yep, yeah, I want." It was pizza. also I could super be eating weird. pizza and be like, "I wish I had more pizza." I always like her laugh too at the very end. I remember yeah, that big yeah, chuckle. Yeah, I know. It's so it's sincere. <laughs> it was super weird because I have I've watched this in syndication so much, where the opening is always super short. 
And so I was like, I'm like, okay, and we're going to the, oh, no, oh, oh, they're still, they're still playing the song. People are still doing stuff. You have to hear all three Blues Traveler verses. Oh, do they really cut the opening in syndication? Yeah, no, they, the opening is way shorter in syndication. Hmm. That's like two extra commercials they can pack in, Lauren. Yeah, exactly. I do remember, too, that I always thought it was super cool because they like pan the table, you know? Mm -hmm. So then you get to see like where the camera is. Kind of they put that like fake wall like back on the, on the, you know, and I thought that was so cool because not a lot of TV shows did. Uh huh. It's like the only time you get to see that fourth wall. Mm -hmm. You just never knew where that fourth wall was. And then here they're like circled the actual table and like, that's what's next to the refrigerator. Yeah, yeah. I do. Like, look. Did they show the camera? No, but you no. Just, I mean, they put up a fake wall yeah. or whatever, and they just spin nice. the well, camera. Just it's kind of like there's an episode of Married with Children <laughs> where uh, they decide to look through the dog's eyes. So then you see Al Bundy and the TV he's always watching that you never see and a wall behind him. And I was always weirded out by that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> getting to finally see the, the literal fourth wall. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry. Continue. No, it's good. Yep, so Dan has a bunch of unemployed friends, apparently, and so they're playing poker during the day. This is the Connor Unemployment Invitational. <laughs> Figure as long as we're all out of work, we might as well use our time productively. They're playing Indian poker, Indian which poker. I love, you guys. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, I think I got it from this episode, mm-hmm. and I made my friends play it a couple times. Well, it's where, for the viewer at home, where you lick the card and stick it face out to your forehead, so you bet on what everybody else has. Yeah. You don't actually have to lick the card, either. But it's just one, it. you only have put one card on your forehead. Okay, yeah, so you still have some cards in your hand, right? Well, that's how they played mm-hmm. it. I've always played it with just the one card. Yeah, me too. I've only ever played it with the one card. Oh, then you have to have like, no, deductive reasoning, being yeah. like they have a king. Although their way is interesting, too. Yeah. But Fisher, Jackie's boyfriend, is very confused by this Indian poker thing. He thinks it's dumb and for stupid idiots. <laughs> he has no chill. He's just crabby. He's yeah. just supposed to be crabby. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a joke about somebody eating Oreo cookies, but I wasn't quite sure... Like, they think they still had cookie pieces on their mouth and got it on the card. And he said he ate it yesterday, though. Then that's a long time to have the cookie pieces. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. He got floss, buddy. (laughs) Uh, So so one of the guys sitting around the poker table with him, uh, Chuck Mm -hmm. is the character's name. Uh, You may also know him as the black one. The um, black one. <laughs> bleep that. Bleep what I just said. He is played by James. In my day, we didn't see color, Austin. <laughs> he is played by James Pickens Jr., and he's a semi-recurring character on Rosé. Like he pop- him and his wife mm-hmm. have popped up in a lot of episodes before. Um, they're the same ones in the second. They're the same ones yeah. in the second episode, yep, too, right? Come okay. in, yeah, they come in towards the end of the second one. Uh, James Pickens Jr. can currently be seen on Grey's Anatomy. Oh, who is he then? Uh, he is Dr. Richard Weber. Yeah. No way! Chief! Uh, sir, you're... Oh, I did not know that! <laughs> I'm glad That's that means... That's why we pay Austin the big bucks. I, I guess one of us watches Grey's Anatomy. You <laughs> they jumped the shark a long time ago, so I don't watch that show. Anymore. I recognize him. Uh, he was also on the X-Files as oh. Deputy Director Kirsch, I think he was, or Special Agent Kirsch, or something like that. But... More importantly, he also played Henry, the manager of the beach club and Brandon's boss <laughs> on Beverly Hills 90210. Whoa. Did you totally remember him? He was the guy who liked his days of our lives and you couldn't come talk to him 
when Days of Our Lives was on. I love yeah. Days of Our Lives. I feel like I'm identified with this character so much. <laughs> also, David, for you, I'm not 100% sure on this, and he is uncredited in this episode, so I can't tell for sure, but I think the guy with the curly, mullety hair on the far the end the of the good table. Good job. What? <laughs> The guy who has a good job. Yeah, he's like, I have benefits on everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, I think he's the guy that's the actor who played the character who took Angel's son into the alternate dimension in the third <laughs> season of Angel. All right. Oh. Keith Zarabajka is the, is the actor's mm. name, and I can't quite tell for sure if that's him, but since they both kind of worked on, him and Joss Whedon worked on this show together, I can see a connection there. Fun facts all around. Mm-hmm. Do we know who Fisher is? Is he anybody? Uh, he really isn't anybody, other than he was Laurie Metcalf's husband for a while. Oh, I love During how the all filming? the ladies get their guys' gigs in this. I know. That's awesome. They were dating when this was on, I believe. Wow. Uh, maybe not quite. When did this air? This aired in January of 93. So yeah, according to his IMDb page, he was in a relationship with Laurie Metcalf since 1993, but they didn't get married until 2005. And they have since split up. They are not currently married. They dated for 12 years and still didn't make it? Wow. Yeah. Um, He hasn't been in much. He's got a lot of credits, but they're just mostly one-off kind of stuff. He's mostly been in Laurie Metcalf. Yeah, pretty much. Well, if that's not a reason to... Like, she definitely got him the job because obviously he didn't get it on his own. <laughs> right? <laughs> Women run Roseanne. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, his last credit was a one-off episode in 2014. Matt Roth is the actor's name, if anyone cares. Forget him. Uh, was was he in previous episodes of Roseanne? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah I think I remember this. Yeah, obviously, like this marks season. the end of his tenure on the show. Yeah, but there were several episodes prior to this that he was he was a recurring character leading up to this. Right. Yeah, but he's being pissy about stuff, and he like literally lost around three cents, but he's so pissed <laughs> that he <laughs> lost. To, he had three jacks and lost, and then he starts yelling at people and. I think we're supposed to get that he's not in the best of moods right now. Yeah, David, we thought our weekly poker game was low stakes. These guys are playing with, like, fractions of a cent. Well, and they put, like, multiple coins, and they're like, one-eighth of a penny, and there's, like, three coins in there. I'm like, how does that even work? Like, what is this? Do they have hay pennies? My math brain was going into crazy overdrive trying to do some more math. Yeah. But then Dan gets a call that DJ was caught with obscene reading material. And Dan, of course, thinks it's his Playboys. Yeah. Good old Playboy joke. Mm-hmm. He actually gets he gets caught with obscene material, and both him and Roseanne pronounce it obscene instead of obscene, <laughs> and it really weirds me out. I'm like, is that a regional <laughs> thing? I don't know. I, I guess I didn't even notice it, but you know. I wonder if they're making a yeah. joke about them being low class. I did notice. <laughs> I wonder if it's about them being low class or if it's just like the actors actually being low class <laughs> and not getting corrected by the director. <laughs> it's close enough. DJ got caught with obscene reading material at school today. What kind of obscene reading material could DJ have? That obscene reading material DJ brought to school. Or I was just like, I'm like, I don't know. Is this like a, is this like a, like a suburban Illinois dialect kind of a thing? What's like the difference between that? root and root. I don't know. <laughs> root. 
And uh, so then he has to call Roseanne, who's at the lunchbox <laughs> with her loose meat sandwiches. Oh, man. It's a great setting. <laughs> <laughs> the lunchbox is a diner slash restaurant. Yeah, and this is like the longest. Because one of the things that Roseanne was kind of known for was uh, they cycled through both Roseanne and Dan cycled through like a lot of different jobs. Yeah, just, just like real poor, people. just like real poor people, and but the lunchbox is, I pretty sure, is like the last one. Like this one sticks yeah. around for a long time. Like this is pretty much where Roseanne is until they win the lottery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she used to work in a factory with, with super hunk George, George Clooney. Clooney. Yeah. Oh, so good, <laughs> and also with future U.S. Senator Fred Thompson. Oh mm-hmm. shit, I did not know that. And Die Hard Two supporting character. Right. Nice. And then yeah, she worked like a hair salon for a while. And... Yeah, I remember that. She was like the shampoo girl or yeah. something, wasn't she? And she worked at the diner with Martin Mull. And then she bought it, right? No, the different the different diner. diner. It was like Oh, they are? It was like the diner inside of a department store at the mall. Some of our listeners might remember both department stores and malls. Yeah. <laughs> Those were things that once existed where people would go to physically purchase goods and services. They weren't that great. <laughs> hey, we have the largest mall in America, so. I know. Does to... it still have sharks? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Great. Okay, so the economy's not that bad yet. You just like you're just walking down the mall and you're like, "Oh, look, there's a shark." Yeah, Carolyn, yeah. all the more reason to come to Minnesota, okay? I've seen it <laughs> once. I would love to see it. I saw Planet of the Apes with Paul Giamatti there. No no, uh, no taxes on your clothing purchases here either. But That'll Portland, be, Portland like doesn't have taxes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we don't have to pump anything. our gas. I don't think they have yeah. any sales tax. Nope. Nope. <laughs> then when I get it, I'm like, what the fuck? I take my Portland. Let's take go to my Portland, babe. <laughs> yeah, buy right? We're awesome. We're awesome. Don't t- no one else come here, though. Hidden <laughs> secret. Hidden secret. We can come to visit, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You could move. Just not everybody. Yeah. I'm sick uh, of everybody. Well, I'm glad we got your seal of approval, though. That'll. I'm the one you want to get. Yeah. I am quite yeah. old on the When we get to the now. gates of Portland, uh, Carolyn Maine says it's okay. Yeah, exactly. Are we able to get in here? <laughs> so, uh... Luckily, I've been working on my reps. <laughs> so, Roseanne also thinks it's Dan's Playboys. And now I get curious, like, does he still get Playboys? Oh, that's I bet he just has them and hides them. Like, as a married man or still, like, in 2017? No, as a married... Like, back then, like, was he getting Playboys every month? Or was this, like, an old collection that he... Had? I bet old collection. I assume you know? old collection. They're yeah. poor. Does they not buy a lot. If he gets them? That's just interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Do you just, like, imagine, like, the brown paper bag envelope and Dan being all secret with it. Lauren, yeah, if exactly. you're going to start questioning whether the narrative trails we go down on this show is <laughs> means anything, we're, it's going <laughs> to... No, I'm just going to make sure I don't have to stop getting all my inappropriate stuff. Just kidding. You do just not. Kidding. Yeah, I know. Oh. Keep, keep it up. Uh, and then, I'm just bringing this up because this is kind of a theme, but... Uh, there's Charlotte, the work-study gal, and she has a crush on a few boys, so Roseanne goes over and kind of embarrasses her. Oh, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, but it yeah. goes nowhere. Yeah. 
Isn't it? I wonder well, if that stuff is just more like overarching in the season. Yeah, because Charlotte yeah. is their next door, is one of the girls that lives next door. Or is it just I, padding? Or, I, don't know. I did like how like it seemed like Roseanne was totally hitting on those teen boys. It did! <laughs> I know. Well, they mentioned it. I think that was the joke that they're like, <laughs> right. uh, we don't like Mrs. Connor that way. Yeah, and Becky does get brought up again. They're yeah. friends of Becky, so I'll go talk to him, kind mm. of thing. Like, so they wrote her out, but they didn't just like make her disappear aggressively like Judy Winslow, which <laughs> exactly. is a courtesy. Mm-hmm. And so after all that rigmarole, we learn that Roseanne wants to hang out with Jackie, but Jackie is too busy hanging out with Fisher, and so that causes some uh, arguments between the two, which ends with... You better take a long, hard look at yourself, Roseanne, because if you are this obsessed with my life... There is obviously something missing from yours. <laughs> Just figure that out. I love the fights in these. They have sick burns. I, they are such real fights. I thought it was the whole, like, there's an easy way to tell us apart. You. Yeah. Me. You. Yeah. Me. Austin's waving his hands in front of his face yeah, for the podcast Vigorously. Right? Maybe you wouldn't, but this isn't you. It's me. And there's a real easy way to tell us apart. You, me. <laughs> you, me. That was one of those where I'm like, Lori Metcalf totally earned all the Emmy she won for this role. <laughs> did she oh, win did Emmy? She? That's good. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she did. Good. Well, and the other thing too is that you're that we learned that her and Fisher actually live together, yeah. and apparently it was a pretty quick move in. Like they just make a a, yeah. a statement about oh it, you moved in so fast with him, like how I supposed to keep track of you kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And so then they're supposed to maybe hint that maybe they don't know each other that well. Uh-huh. Or at least that's what I did. Mm-hmm. 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 And so, yep. Now we go to the school. Where we learn that uh, Dan, nobody knows who Dan is because he doesn't participate in his kid's life. I loved the, uh, when he comes in and DJ's like, I don't know who this guy is. How do you yeah. <laughs> Only because save me, save I, me. I, I, Liam is going through this phase where he like oh, does no. not like going into his car seat when we're like leaving Target or whatever. And so, like, he just, you know, kicks and screams and all that. And Christy are like, people are going to think we're abducting a kid. (laughs) There should be, like, a code. Right? Where it's like, no, it's okay. He's our child. He's just kind of a stinker about this. This will be good for when we steal Liam. That's such a good dad. It'll look the same if we just steal Liam, too. And they'll be like, it's totally our kid. It's normal. Well, yeah, because then then we say to each other, we're like, so if we see some, like, adult hauling a kid out of a store and he's like kicking and screaming or are we like oh it must suck to have a toddler or is it like or are they abducting that child <laughs> try to check if they're wearing crime masks <laughs> and stocking caps and if they have bags with dollar signs on it that's good Usually that's a good tip out. yeah that's a good tip yep <laughs> yeah or or if they just have a mustache oh any mustache any kind of mustache yeah just just the mustache then yeah. or something's up um, the uh, in this scene they have those once uh, Dan starts talking with the principal. You have those classic sitcom moments where everyone's speaking just vague enough that the uh, they don't clarify what's actually going on, and so they each think they're talking about something else. 
Which we did a lot in these episodes, by the way. Just a lot. Yeah. 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 And when what we learn is that, because Dan is mumbling about, you know, well, you know, we, we don't want D-Day to have it. He's like, I, the principal's like, I don't think anyone should have it. He's like, well, we're adults. We can handle Anyways, it turns <laughs> out that. Dan had a good line where he's, the principal's like, this is just obscene. And no, no person should find this acceptable. And Dan's like, well, didn't you read the articles? I understand, Cecil. Something that might be perfectly normal and acceptable for adults wouldn't be okay for kids to bring to school. I'm sorry, but the filth that DJ was reading couldn't possibly be considered okay anywhere. It's the most offensively sick piece of garbage I've ever seen. Didn't you read the articles? (laughs) (laughs) It turns out that uh, the obscene material is a comic book that is apparently very graphic. Prob- so relatable. <laughs> so relatable. It just made me think of Carolyn. I'm like, eh, thank probably you. I was thinking of me too. Mm-hmm. My older sister, she drew in school, and you did like teachers would get so mad if you if you drew Steve Dallas smoking. I did get in <laughs> trouble for that once, but he always smoked. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. teachers get bugs up their asses so hard. And Darlene and David, they do that whole indie comics career. It's it's so Portland. They were so Portland. <laughs> Yeah, so it turns out that Darlene wrote it, and Dan is disgusted by what's inside it. We never really find out what's inside it. <laughs> this goes nowhere. But uh, well, we get the impression that it's like it's like gothic assume, and right? violent. Yeah. yeah, probably like Johnny the homicidal maniac. Mm. If I had to picture it, and Dan's like, in my day, alternative comics were like were like yeah. just fucking and rock and roll. Yeah, uh, drugs and like movie. Yeah. Hey, we had underground comics, but it wasn't like this crap Darlene's doing. Ours were about depraved sex and massive drug abuse. This is a cry for help. Yeah. Uh, the, the principal is played by Ed, Ed Bagley Jr. I was so excited. <laughs> None of you watched Tim and Eric, but his syncophone bit is one of the best fucking things I've ever seen in my life. And I assume he got brought into this episode because he co-starred with Roseanne Barr and Meryl Streep in, in She-Devil. She-Devil, which is so good. Yeah, I oh, watched so that movie good. a lot when I was a kid, and I really don't think I should have. As a kid? Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. As like an 11-year-old, I was like, this is a fun movie. And I'm like, that's yeah. No. That's one of those movies that gave me the wrong idea about fucking. Uh-huh. Like, I distinctly remember <laughs> Meryl Streep and Ed Bagels Jr., like holding each other and rolling uh-huh. on the bed like back and forth <laughs> as a unit like woo and i'm like is that what it is yeah turns yeah. out not so there's much there's a whole level of humor that gets lost when you're when you're a dumb kid watching <laughs> probably shouldn't have been watching yeah. It. uh yeah so ed bagley junior he's done a crap ton of shit so much have you guys seen the cinco phone <laughs> <laughs> they have him play himself selling a really bad cell phone Simply dial no numbers for zero, and like it burns his face, and then he puts on the cooling gel. It's so good. I'm gonna send you all Cinco phone later. Yeah, all right. I only know because him because he's like super advocate for being like eco friendly and like yeah. sustainable yeah. living and environmental yeah. stuff. So that's how I know him. Yeah. So There's an episode of The Simpsons that. in which he drove a car powered by his own sense of self satisfaction. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And he was also, of course, in Arrested Development and uh, right. several of the uh, Christopher Guest movies. And, and and Six Feet Under, mm-hmm. too. Yep. 
and a good bit of that. Yeah. Great guy. Great guy. <laughs> so we go back to the house where that's where Dan and Roseanne start discussing this disgusting comic, although Roseanne just finds it funny. Yeah, there's a big and, gag when, yeah, where she reads it and is like, yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> At obscene reading material, DJ brought to school, Darlene's the editor-in-chief. <laughs> Take a look at this. It's really sick. <laughs> <laughs> That was a funny part. Because Roseanne gets it. Because Dan's like, what's going through her head? And Roseanne says, the longer we don't know what's in Darlene's head, the longer we don't sleep in shifts. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also pretty good. <laughs> Which I laughed. But it, but it also made me think about so uh, how many disturbing thoughts I had as a teenager. I'll still do what I <laughs> They're just different <laughs> kinds of disturbing yeah, thoughts. Yeah, I know. It's like, yeah. I, you don't want to dive too deeply in certain people's holes. And, yeah. <laughs> I said it. You G opened yourself rated, up David. for that Remember, one. this is G rated. Gross. Gross. For gross. For gross. Hey, Carol. Um, fun IMDb yeah. fact. Uh, the the woman that played the secretary at DJ School uh-huh. is Yvette from Clue. Oh, Ooh. how come I didn't notice her titties? Well, because in the she didn't have them all like fluffed up. In, in Jeez. Like on a shelf? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I know. The titties in Clue are insane. How come I didn't even look at those? <laughs> like, I had a Clue-themed birthday party in sixth grade because I love the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great movie. I was Mrs. Peacock. That was my character. Everyone had to dress up as a character from the movie. Which one were you? <laughs> to come to my Which birthday party. Mm. Mrs. Peacock. Ah, nice. I had a blue dress, so it was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then, what else? Oh, I was going to say something. Oh, the one thing when Roseanne laughs at the comic, um, I always just find found that really heartwarming because I, I wonder like as a parent, how do you discipline your child when you genuinely like think what they did is funny, but like probably not appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> so now you have to be like, okay, wait, this is funny, but I have to like put on my parent hat versus like a just a human being giggle hat kind of thing. And I think right. sitcoms kind of struggle with how to do that, like, in general. And I thought it was kind of endearing, kind of too, because a lot of Darlene's arc is how detached she feels from, like, her family in the world around yeah. her. And it was kind of a nice little nod to the fact that she and Roseanne share the same kind of, like, dark, twisted humor. And yeah. it may not seem like they have a lot in common, but they actually probably do. Yeah. That was the for realest moment. When Roseanne liked it, you knew she wasn't going to get in trouble because Roseanne rules the house. This is a matriarchy show, and I need more of those. We all do. Right? Uh, David, to your point about how none of this ever really goes anywhere, if I had to guess, I would say that they probably came up with the, the spousal abuse plot and then decided that they wanted to break it into a two-parter and then just needed to throw some filler on the front end and came up with like a standard plot that they could bring up and dispose of in a short period of time. Yeah, yeah. and I think it was a long arc for Darlene because she does keep doing art. Oh, yeah, comics. I mean, it ties in with what's so, going on. But, yeah. like, the whole idea yeah, of like... You, DJ getting in trouble at school. Yeah, and Dan and having to deal with it instead of Roseanne. Like you could Charlotte girl, like in the boys, all that stuff is filler for... But I think that in a way it helps like lighten the episode too, so it's not like so heavy, so mm-hmm. very special. Yeah. I guess. And <laughs> and one normalize things too to make like what comes out at the end 
come feel more like it came out of left field, which is kind of how it does in real life, where it's just like, yeah. here's the wacky adventures of the Connor family. Oh, and some serious shit just happened. Versus just being like, serious shit's happening now from the very beginning. Well, and like life goes on, even though you're dealing with issues and struggles too. Yeah. Like there's other parts of life that kind of continue as well. So anyway. Uh, so then Jackie comes in and she's acting very contrite and she's apologizing to Roseanne and being like, how about we just go out and hang out? And she's acting a little suspiciously, right? Yeah. Timid. Mm-hmm. And so then she goes upstairs, but then we also see Darlene is it? Well, Darlene had come in. Yeah, I forgot about that. Anyways, Darlene found out that DJ had a comic. She's mad. So then she goes upstairs to DJ's room and finds that he just has like loaded squirt guns hanging out. <laughs> I wrote down, who keeps a loaded super soaker in their bedroom? Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah not just any squirt gun, a fucking super soaker. Super soaker 50. If I remember correctly. If any of you didn't oh, have fancy. them, I'm going to soak you through the internet right now. <laughs> ours were ours were outside toys, so they were in our toy box in the garage. Well, yeah. right. That's, yeah, that's where one would keep one is like large industrial squirt guns. Yeah, you can only keep Nerf bow and arrows inside. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, okay. And I'll be honest. I got a little confused by this scene for a moment, which... Has Darlene grabbed the squirt gun and then go into the bathroom to squirt DJ, apparently. That's yeah. The and then you hear, and to me, it was somebody who I thought was DJ say, close the door, close the door. And Darlene oh. gets weirded out and walks out. No, it's Jackie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Remember when I said I thought was DJ? All right, never mind. Keep going. Let baby. me tell the story. So I literally <laughs> thought this scene was Darlene had a loaded squirt gun and found DJ playing with his loaded squirt gun. <laughs> that comes up later. They definitely have a DJ masturbates too much episode. <laughs> and so you then do. I was just like, well, this episode's going in a different direction than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> to which I guess I was just dumb and not hearing right. And it was Jackie who said, get out. Because she was in the bathroom at the time. Yeah, you don't see her. The whole scene's shot very... It's kind of weird. You don't usually yeah. go in DJ's room, but shout out to his dinosaur poster. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I had that awesome. dinosaur poster in my room at one awesome, point. Awesome, dude. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, because earlier they set it up briefly where Roseanne, Roseanne and Jackie are going to go out to a movie. And then Roseanne's like, well, go change your shirt because you're taking me to dinner, too. And so then she's like, do you think right. Darlene would mind if I borrow a shirt? So that's why Dar- that's why Jackie was up in DJ and Darlene's back. And it's a weird way to do it. It is. Because they wear any weird shirt any time at all. Like, they outdo each other in ugly <laughs> shirts, which is why I love them. Yeah. But also, but if you're planning to shoot your brother, and then all of a sudden you open the door and you see your aunt... Wouldn't you just immediately, oh, sorry, close the door and leave? Like, she stared at her, and then Jackie yeah, started yelling. But, well, I think I think the idea might be that she was so... Caught off guard. So by shocked the, by yeah. the image of all the bruises and stuff that it kind of stunned mm-hmm. her. Yeah, that we don't know of. We're, we're, we're still not sure what was going on there right. in this. And then Darlene goes downstairs to talk to Roseanne and asks what's wrong with Jackie. Why is she so bruised up? And that's where Roseanne pretty much puts two and two together. Yeah, she asked her if she's, like, in an accident or what happened. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I like that when Jackie comes down, 
and Roseanne's going to talk Darlene get out of here and Darlene is smart enough to get out of like <laughs> to clear the room without putting up too much of a fight yeah yeah and then uh so then they basically Roseanne gets her to confess that Fisher did that to her Roseanne has to like pull up Jackie's shirt to get her there yeah yeah they make a joke about it later, but everybody's mean to Jackie. I know. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the the weird undercurrent where it's like Roseanne's in the right for most of it, but at the same time, she's also kind of abusive to Jackie, and maybe sure, that's yeah, emotionally side, yeah, exactly. But, and they, I mean, and they kind of you know they play with play around with that a little bit in the next episode. Yeah, but they don't. I don't know. I don't feel like Roseanne learns a lesson about no, it or no, anything. No, no, yeah. She skirts the line to being actually abusive mm. in this universe. But you have to imagine, like, she might actually be really, really mean to you if you were her sister. Yeah. So, watch out. And, uh, and of course, they kind of, Jackie does a bit of the uh, blaming herself. She says she was pushing Fisher, you know, and... She got in his way. Yeah, she was supposed, you know, he gets angry and she should just leave at that point, but she didn't. And so, you know, it's her fault for talking to him, I guess. And I liked, I I did like that Roseanne pointed out that Jackie used to be a cop and would hear. I did too. And would hear this kind of BS from people, both from a continuity standpoint and also just from a character standpoint. Mm hmm. Sure, I'm sure it happens. Oh, I'm sure, absolutely. But so she's not a cop anymore, is it? Correct. She worked at the lunchbox or whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. Why isn't she a cop anymore? Yeah, who would quit being a cop to work at the lunchbox? Uh, if I remember correctly, she gets hurt in the line of duty. Like, not seriously uh... hurt, but, like, she hurts her back or something like that. And they basically say that they're going to put her behind a desk and she'd rather not be a cop than not be able to be a cop. That makes sense. Yeah, I suppose. Because then eventually she ends up becoming a truck driver briefly. Oh, yeah. Which is where she encounters the whole concept of the lunch meat sandwich at like a truck stop in Iowa or something. And then she brings a couple of them home for Roseanne and is like, hey, I bet oh, we could do yeah. a restaurant where we sell these sandwiches here in town. And then that's how they end up getting the the lunchbox. Good Roseanne recall, Austin. Wow. You, can thank, you can thank Lifetime syndicated reruns for that. <laughs> Lifetime every day. So then, yeah, there's a lot of back and forth, and Jackie's kind of victim-blaming herself at the moment. Yeah, and it's she sad. says something like, when he gets in a mood, I know yeah, I should just walk yeah. away and leave him alone. And I was like, no, 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 no. Let's not think that, like... People can get upset and be moody and crabby and whatever, but, like, physical abuse and violence is not appropriate and okay. Like, you can scream and yell if you want to. Is that how you're going to cope through your mood? That's your own thing. But you're not involving, directly involving physical harm of, you know, your partner. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Right? And I know I'm not the only one who watches enough murder shows to know that domestic violence is a really dangerous precursor to actual murder. In a lot of scenarios. Yep. So watch out. Yeah. No, it's... I don't know. We can talk more about it. <laughs> we will. We will. Yeah. <laughs> but Lori Metcalf gives such a good performance here. Yeah. She deserves more Emmys. Yeah, and um, the Crack really Research good. team did confirm that mm-hmm. she won the Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series Emmy for uh, this, this season of the show. 
She deserved it. Doesn't, she deserved uh, two. Wikipedia Does doesn't it? say I would be shocked if this wasn't her submission. The episode. episode. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. IMDb says she won it in ninety two, ninety three, and ninety four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So And her big the her big thing, and I kind of like this too, just from a realistic depiction, is that she just doesn't want anyone to know that it happened. Yep. Like that's yeah. that's yeah. what she's chiefly most concerned about at this point. And it's like kinda like David said, it's that victim blaming like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't want to know this happened to me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a cause or a reason or something, you know, that kind of a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that and but, it doesn't have to get exposed, you know, as long mm-hmm. as you file the proper procedures, you know, I guess in small town USA Illinois, yeah. it's a little different because everybody knows everybody's business is what we're finding out later. But like in theory, if you're truly a woman in a physically violent situation, like you can report this and things can be handled discreetly and you can get, you can expose your information to whom you see fit and deserves to know that. Like it doesn't get just exposed to everybody. Yeah. You'd hope. You'd hope. <laughs> this is my PSA for women out there who I feel like they can't know. get out of a bad situation. Yeah, right? Yeah, you can. You really can. Yeah. And, and it'll be hard. Do. Do. Mm-hmm. It'll be hard, but it'll be so much better for you and for your family after the fact. Yeah. It's really very dangerous to be with an abuser, and mm-hmm. it's really going to impact your life. So please do do whatever. And I thought this was a really realistic portrayal because... Jackie was in the throes of it. She wasn't ready to quit. And yeah. you have that with real people in real situations, like, just unpacking all those emotions. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if any of us had to break up with our spouse tomorrow, that would be a huge ordeal. Very right. big tragedy. Right. It would We'd weep about it. It'd be terrible. But still, all of that work is better than living with somebody who would hurt you. So... Mm-hmm. Please do your best to make your right choice and dump the motherfucker, right? <laughs> if he's bad, yeah. if he's bad. It's not going to get better. Yeah. So Dan comes in and he finds out what's happening and he doesn't look too happy about it, nor should he. And he decides he's going to just go out for a drive. I like uh-huh. that he- I like that he double checks that she's okay before he leaves. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah he sees that like... she's upset and he's like, oh, is everything okay? And. Roseanne mm-hmm. kind of tells her what happened, and he's like, I- is she okay? And he's like, mm-hmm. all right, she's fine. All right, now I'm going to go break some skulls. <laughs> what happened? Fisher beat the crap out of her. What? I'm all right. I just, like, I don't want anybody to know about it. Is she really okay? Yeah. He's such a gentle giant. Does anybody not <laughs> no, have a boner for him Jack right Goodman. now? Woo-woo. He's yeah, he's, great. he totally is a gentle giant. And he comes back with chicken. <laughs> he goes and beats and him with a domestic, right? <laughs> it's an ideal. Knuckles. It's an ideal man. You may not like it, but that's what he looks like. Well, so yeah, we might. We're gonna. Get yeah, sorry, it. we're jumping a little. Yeah, no, it's zoom, zoom. He, which is fine. He goes out. He comes back. He's got chicken. He's yeah. Set, and then Roseanne finds <laughs> out his. Uh, well, Roseanne and Jackie are on the couch, and yeah, Roseanne's uh, trying to convince Jackie to go to, let's go to the yeah. ER and get you all checked out just to make sure you're okay from a physical perspective, too, and that he yeah. didn't do any bigger damage that you don't know about right now. You know, so she's trying to talk her into that. Yeah, but then she finds out that Dan has an injured hand <laughs> and puts two and two together there that he pretty much beat the crap out of Fisher. <laughs> See, I thought that she knew he was gonna do that. Well, she kind because of because she makes some yeah. some statement about how I thought you were just gonna go kind of scare him a little bit. Not... Yeah, I mean, I think she knew he was gone and probably suspected it. I think that's what we're taking away then. 
she didn't know for sure, but probably pretty confident. And yeah, you know, not to tell tales from school, but you want somebody in your squad who would low key beat somebody up for yeah. you. Yeah, I will say <laughs> this: this might be an unpopular opinion. Now I have to explain myself. <laughs> but I don't think Dan did the right thing at the right moment. You're going to get punched, David. No, no. David, I'm not saying David if you're in an abusive relationship, you can get out. It's okay. <laughs> no, I think I have zero sympathy for Fisher. Okay, and- step one, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to sleep on the couch tonight. And I think he should have been yes. beat up. I think the problem is, as Carolyn alluded to, Jackie's still in the throes of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if she isn't completely over him yet or hasn't completely severed ties with him, by beating him up, you can turn him into the victim in her eyes. True, true, true. And yeah. that's and... what you have to be careful of, I guess, that you don't want to give him more sympathy to that person. Like, I don't feel bad for him. And right. I but but Jackie you know, still but could. Like, and, and that's... I don't know if it was in Jackie's best interest for Dan to go beat him up at that moment. And at the time, Dan says that wasn't the intention. Things just kind of escalated yeah, I and got out of control. Now, I was proud of Dan for going over to at least defend Jackie's honor yeah. in a, you know, a, hey, you shouldn't have messed her up. Don't come yes. near her anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to stay away from me, my wife, our kids, and your now ex-girlfriend. You know, like, mm-hmm. do the, the scary... Sort of big brotherish type approach. That yeah. you know, that's yeah. a good thing. I guess I understand where you're coming from. I still cheered really loud. No, I was yeah. Like, Heck yeah. Well, <coughs> the, the, I mean, Woo. the note that I wrote was, I probably shouldn't, but I really love that Dan goes and beats up Fisher. I mean, <laughs> no, that's yeah. pretty much what it boils down to. No, I'm about as pacifist as you get, but I'll certainly admit certain people need to be punched in the face. Yeah, a and, lot. <laughs> and you know, the part Too of many me, David, need to be punched you're in the a very face. Right? You're a, David, you're a very responsible gun owner. But sometimes if you got these puppies, Lefty you want to get righty. in the mix. Yeah, sometimes yeah. these uh, guns need to Beautiful be fired. Gun. Guns? What? Yeah, he's got his left arm and his right arm. His two okay. guns. Oh, and, and trust me, I wouldn't have had a problem if once you're sure that Jack is like, I'm out. Even if it's like a couple days after the fact, then you just go beat him up. I'm like, yeah, sure. Just do it. Yeah, so it's just... <laughs> At the peak emotional highs here, when somebody's not completely out of it yet, I feel like it could complicate matters sure. more than you'd want. Well, and they to. probably realized that because they didn't tell Jackie that Dan mm. went over to yeah. rush up, rough up Fisher. You know, they're yeah. like, let's just deal with getting Jackie calm and checked out and everything. Mm. So I love vigilante justice. <laughs> so there's two, great, there's two great lines here when... He comes back and Roseanne's like, what did Fisher say? He's like, well, if I remember correctly, ouch, ouch, my head. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. And then when when Dan's like putting ice on his bloodied up hand and the doorbell rings and Roseanne goes to answer and she's like, yeah. you should put some alcohol in that. And he's like, Ooh, good idea. And he grabs a beer. Yeah. I love it. Like, just the glee with which John Goodman played that moment was just fan. Like it was clearly just a way to sort of so lighten good. the mood, but it was really yeah. well executed. And you got to put some alcohol on that. Good idea. <laughs> He gets woos. Yeah. And he deserves them. Yeah. I don't know. It just, you, not every victim has somebody who's an advocate for them and can help go and sort of defend their honor. And 
and speak on behalf of them, whether in a violent way or not, mm-hmm. whichever way you want. You know, so it's like it gives you hope that there's good people out there mm-hmm. who understand when a bad situation happens and that that is not okay and it needs to be addressed and taken care of, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's just... Yeah. Yeah, and we'll get to it, but as, even as I put my word of caution about beating these assholes up at that moment, it does work out rather well for for Jackie anyways that yeah she doesn't get she she still seems to appreciate it I'll put it when she learns about it even though she she's conflicted though I guess but we'll get to it uh so then Dan goes back in and they're about to go to the hospital and the big thing is that the cops are at the door because Fisher has uh called in an assault assault and battery Mm -hmm. I love how cool Dan is about being arrested. <laughs> he, yeah. I guess he expected it. As a non-super right? Roseanne person, is this his first time getting arrested? Yeah, Do we know that? Indicated. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we've ever seen him like on okay. the show. I don't think we've ever seen him get arrested before. And I'm also a little disappointed that the the cop that he knows that he's like buddy buddy with. Um, as far as I know, he is not a recurring character. Like, it, it would have been fun if one of the guys that he was, like, playing poker with was the cop or also something. Also arrested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they make it very clear that these guys know Dan, either through Jackie or some other means. Right. And I, since it, Jackie it, was an ex-cop. Yeah. You know, and, and I think it's just supposed to play into the whole, like, small town atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And whatnot. But, the, but they have to take him in, and he's chill. But to be fair... It's easy to be chill when you know the people who are taking you in. Yeah, oh, of course. Right? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a white privilege thing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's well, and they, yeah, way. they give Roseanne the, bring $100, we'll yeah, stall the, exactly, the right, right stuff, like, we'll make it easy for him. Well, also, it's easy to be super chill about being arrested when it's only like $100 bail. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, right. it's still, I know. That's They're a little like, more back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. You know? And he gets a chicken put right yeah. in his mouth <laughs> on the way out. That's how I want to go. Cuffed with chicken. Well, they <laughs> they cuff him in front, too, which you really shouldn't do. I don't know. Oh, oh right, because you can chop better. Mm. You can attack. Yeah, that's why they always yeah, cuff still have access of your hands, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also question, like, when they say... I not only question the hundred dollar bail, but I also question like, isn't bail set by a judge at a hearing? Like, yeah, after I don't you know the whole thing. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure, it depends on the town, the crime, yeah, or the whatever crime. the specific yeah reasoning. Mm-hmm. Not if you're Dan Connor. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's just a standard hundred dollars. I don't know. That's still expensive for them. Oh, it but is. It they is got it together pretty good. Uh, so then Roseanne says, I'm like, give him some chicken because <laughs> he hasn't even had dinner yet. Give him some chicken. So she shoves a piece of chicken in his mouth and then they're like, bring $100. We'll stall on the bailing. We'll, or the processing and stuff and you can just come get him out. It's fine. You yeah. Know? So like, obviously they're not like worried he's going to be like a threat to future people or anything, even though they don't know what happened because in the closing credits we see the other cop ask like why why did this guy file a charge on you or whatever yeah, yeah. He say because he, knows. he doesn't want know. everybody yeah. to know so yeah it ends with Dan this episode ends with Dan in the back of the uh, cop car when he sees the principal and of course waves to him and Dan's very chill about this whole yeah. thing and the principal like locks his door 
that does that. Yeah. Oh man. That's that's pretty much the payoff to the DJ got in trouble at school plot. Well, yeah, yeah. And like the one cop is like, "Hey, me and my wife should come hang out with you and Rosie. Uh, when are you guys free?" And the yeah. dad's like, "Well, probably not tonight, but after <laughs> that, any other uh, time works for us." And uh-huh. it was okay. kind of funny. Such a good Ed Bagley Jr. <laughs> I wasn't expecting him tonight, but I always love seeing him. Well, and it was kind of funny that they brought him around because, like, this is everyone in school's like first experience with Dan the dad, and now here he's in right. the back of a cop car yeah. with his kids' obscene reading material and all that. Oh, and death becomes her. That's probably my favorite Ed Bagley oh, Jr. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, he was in that. I forget that. It's really good practical effects. Really good. Yeah. Meryl Streep again. Mm-hmm. Christy loves that movie. Mm-hmm. That's one of her favorite movies. I've never Let's seen watch it. it. Yeah. Oh, you yeah, mean good. Christy? Let's go. That's yeah, good. The end of uh, the movie. It's interesting because I'm just having a flashback now. Where at the end of the movie, I think it's Ed Bagley Jr. Don't ruin like, it for me. I, I want to cover your ears. Ed, but he's just—he's basically saying like, who would you know? I, they're talking about immortality and living forever, uh-huh, and he's like, uh-huh. I can't imagine anything more boring. And yeah. and when I was in high school, I'm like, yeah, no one would want to live forever. That'd get old. But now that I'm like 35, now I'm that like, you're old, yeah, <laughs> maybe if I live forever, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. <laughs> okay, good to know that you're ready to be a Highlander. David. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. I'm like, eh, there's still more I could do with my life, and I'm not going to do it in the next 50 years. But give me another <laughs> thousand, and maybe I'll get around to it. You know. <laughs> That's what's going to, yeah, more time wouldn't. is going to make you yeah, less of exactly. a procrastinator. Yeah, that's the problem. See, that'd be the problem, David, is when you know <laughs> that you have all of that time, you would still just keep, you know, dicking De- around. Playing video games. No, whatever. There's a lot of video games to be played, and I'm not going to get them all, to them all in this life. Oh, man. If I knew I was immortal, I would never do shit. The only reason I do is mortality. One yep. of the saddest days of my life was when I came to the realization mm-hmm. that when I die, it will be with books left unread and movies left unseen. Yeah. Oh, and that's just impossible to not. Yeah, yeah. like I could just yeah. spend every waking hour of the rest of my life reading and watching stuff and I still wouldn't be able to do it all. Just start at one corner. Mm-hmm. That's just because you own every book to Manos and we just had to move off of that. <laughs> <laughs> not that anyone's bitter. Uh. <laughs> I just got, I got my steps in and I got some bicep workouts, so it's all good. You got to so, load up your guns. Yeah, my guns too, left and right. <laughs> <laughs> the next episode starts and it kind of uh, goes back in time a little to when Dan gets left out. Now we see what's happening in the house. Uh, David, I just need to stop you for a moment. You mentioned earlier that this episode, the second episode, is entitled War and Peace. Yeah, And uh, someone on IMDb felt it very important to note that this episode (laughs) shares the title with a Leo Tolstoy novel. Oh, is that where that comes from? Wait, wait, there's a novel? (laughs) There is a novel also called War and Peace. I do think it's funny because it's like Crime and Punishment Part 1 and then War and Peace Part 2. And I'm like, wait a minute. Was I the only one who was, like, making sure I was watching the right, <laughs> right. second no, part? You totally had this one where you were like, wait, is there another, should this be the same thing part one? <laughs> <laughs> They're totally breaking rules, left and right. Roseanne will do anything. She's yeah. amazing. Let me guess, War and Peace is just, like, a short, like, 
<laughs> novelette. Right? Yeah, it's like 50 pages, a, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not like a, one clip. of the... But I also love that, that that same person didn't make a point of adding yeah, about crime, crime and Punishment is a novel by Dostoevsky. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no one gives a shit about... Yeah. It's too hard to write. He probably started it in... <laughs> Dosta... Dosta <laughs> not gonna work here anymore. Not Tolstoy. <laughs> That's relatable too. I could not spell that. <laughs> um, I can pretend to say it. Um, Great. So then, uh, Roseanne needs to take Jackie to the hot. Well, first, I just I don't know. I don't know this stuff. DJ wants to his math test sign, and Roseanne's like, "Not right now." And I'm like, "It'll take you like two seconds." Just yeah. Sign his math test, which she does, and that's all great. And he gets a D, and he wants to be yelled at, but Roseanne says she'll do it later. Is that like a thing? If you did bad in school, you had to have your parents sign stuff? Uh, is that real? Yeah. Maybe the report card. And I think it's because he got like a D. Yeah. That you want, they want to make sure the parents know that like the child struggling is struggling. Yeah. I was like a nerdy nerd, so I didn't have yeah. that issue. So. <laughs> I mean, I don't think, I mean, I think some of that has happened before. I know, like, in middle school when we get citations or whatever, I forget what. Yeah, something like that. You should have to. Yeah, like, if you're tardy too often or something, then you'd have to bring it home and get it signed by your parents. And Yeah. Lauren, I thought you were going to say, like, D? Is that a grade that someone could get? Yeah. <laughs> a and B, right? That's it? They just stopped there? <laughs> no, my dad got an F- minus in gym when ninth grade, and I always made fun of him. F minus. <laughs> what did he do? Take know. all his shorts and yeah. lay on the ground? <laughs> I'm sure it was probably an attendance thing because he was not what you call a studious student. <laughs> I know. He always joked that like school just didn't work at the right time for him, so yeah. he didn't go to a lot of his classes. So Didn't he just live on the street in Boulder, Colorado for a while? Too? That was when he graduated. Yeah, for a hippie. He was a hippie for eight months and <laughs> Whoa, just lived cool, in a... Dad. Like in a... <laughs> In a rock, like we went to Colorado on a family vacation. He's like, I used to live on that rock over there. And we're like, Wait, what? <laughs> He's like, We had to go into town every day to the P.O. box to get our mail, and then we'd mow lawns of like these four people, and that's how we had our money to probably smoke weed or whatever. I don't even know what you did in Boulder, Colorado, and like live on a rock. Wow, <laughs> jealous. That's the life. That's how I'm gonna retire. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty funny. Boulder's pretty cool. But, uh, <laughs> the boulder that he lived on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> boulder, boulder, boulder. used to hang, hang my clothes to dry over there. Wash me the river down here. What? Are, you, are we talking real? Is this happening? <laughs> that's more white privilege. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so then Roseanne needs to take Jackie to the hospital, so she has to have Darlene take the money to jail. And so she has to clue Darlene in and what's happening. And uh, so and then she's like, Darlene, just go to the jail. And I'm like, if I was a kid, I'd have no idea where the jail is. Like, if somebody <laughs> told me to go drive to the jail. Yeah. Well, you're not yeah. cool like Darlene, yeah, obviously. And this is like pre-internet, so it's not like she could have just looked it up online and got right. directions. Like Google they, link for jail and figure out where to go. <laughs> map questions. We used to have this thing called the yellow pages and yeah, then the white pages, and one of them had businesses in it, I think. Yeah, but you still have is to map jail it out. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, it's definitely privatized business. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're trying to go that way now, at least. Yeah, I know. <laughs> 
Well, you'd get the address, but then you'd have to know where it is. I just, I, I couldn't exist in these pre-internet. It would be hard. I don't, I barely, we came right through. The internet started happening when I needed to know addresses. Yeah, exactly. Or phone numbers, and you're like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, so David Kess gave it over, but, like, Darlene makes the inference that, like, Fisher beat up Jackie and asks about it. Mm. And, and I appreciated that Roseanne said, well, I'm not supposed to tell you, but yeah. So, like, I think, like, part of, like, what I liked about this episode was that, like, there wasn't really, like, when information was available or knowledgeable or known, like, it was said to people who matter. Like, you know, these are Jackie's niece and nephew, and now mm-hmm. they're learning that there's, like, an actual issue with this. And, and like, it's good to feel like this is a bad thing and to, like, be worried about your aunt and, like, know that there is an issue here and that it's being addressed and taken care of. Like, you know, yeah. I feel like sometimes they're so like, oh, don't worry, everything's sugar plum fairies and unicorns. It's fine. Not a big deal. You know, like, you don't have that. You have, like, a, yeah, he really did get, he really did beat her up. You know, what, like, what, this, you're, yeah. what you're saying is, is that this episode is the anti beaver <laughs> Yes, exactly. I just, I appreciated that they didn't, you know, they, didn't, they weren't overly forthcoming, but they didn't deny yeah. the information that was happening, right. especially right. to the kids. And especially, yeah, A, didn't set up any weird sitcom scenarios where it's like, if you just told what was going on, things would go a lot smoother either. Yeah. But, and then Amazing secondly, to see someone just tell someone something. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is what needs to happen. Especially, like, you could see a whole bunch of hijinks with Darlene <laughs> needing to bail out Dan, but not knowing why or something right. and all sorts of weird stuff. And like, no, they went the realistic route, which is, and probably the advisable route if this is in real life. And sometimes kids need to know what's going on. Right. Like, you need mm-hmm. to know this isn't okay and that, mm-hmm. you know, your aunt will be fine and we're doing the right things by her to take mm-hmm. care of this and make sure okay. that she's going to be okay and that, you know, this yeah. what Fisher did is wrong and that it shouldn't happen and you should be aware that this is not okay. And, you mm-hmm. know, just, I was, yeah. I was impressed that they didn't just skirt around the, Oh, just run away and don't worry about it, small child. And then, you know, it didn't become about the hijinks and stuff like that. It still was remained core about the issues and Jackie kind of dealing with processing everything. Yeah, mm. and they still, like, preserve Jackie's privacy to an extent. It's only because yeah. Darlene saw the bruises that she's mm-hmm. making the guess that she gets the confirmation. And it's just, it's just really done with, like, a feminine perspective in mind, like, don't put this woman in danger, but do be honest with yeah. your children about what this part of life can be like. Yeah. Even-handed. Well done. <laughs> so we go to the jail, and Dan's behind bars, but he's still getting food delivered to him by the police officers. It's looking like he has a cushy gig. Yeah, might I might want to hang out there longer. <laughs> I, do, I do think the Dan Darlene jail dynamic uh, is yeah. probably my favorite scene like in the whole two-part episode mm-hmm. i love it is so good that part of mm-hmm. it yeah because darlene comes in and then basically just gives dan a hard time for being a hardened criminal and yeah. yeah they're like someone's here to post bail and he's like send her in because he assumes it's roseanne and mm-hmm. she comes around the corner yeah. well 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 and you can see him about to eat his burger or whatever yeah. and he just like drops his head and he goes oh man <laughs> like just so <laughs> mad about it and it's so funny <laughs> Yeah, dad-daughter relationship. That's so funny. Someone's here, Dan, says they know you. Finally. I'll go get started on the paperwork. (laughs) Well, well, well. (laughs) 
my, 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 my. What are you doing here? Darlene really milks it for all oh, it's yeah, worth. Yeah. She puts the screws to him. It's great. He's like, I don't have time for this. Uh, yeah, I think you do. <laughs> well, and she's like, I bet you thought it would be the other way around when the situation <laughs> would occur. Like, that somehow she'd be in jail and he'd yeah. have to bail her out kind of thing. And then as, as they're leaving, she's like, well, there's so much for you to learn about the world since you've been in jail. Mom says we have a new daddy now. <laughs> That's the kind of joke only Roseanne would do. Yeah. <laughs> no one else. And it's good because Darlene takes it just far enough without it feeling like she's abusive to Dan, you know? Like, yeah. Right. Like, it's kind of in good jest. Mm, yeah. And she does say, like, while he's still in jail, that she's she knows what Fisher did to Aunt Jackie, and she knows what Dan did to Fisher, and that <laughs> she just wants him to know that she's impressed yeah, she's with him for sticking <laughs> up for him. So I think, you know, again, probably David's point, mm. violence maybe wasn't the exact preferred method of the right time, approach, you know, yeah. but, like... No. But we need yeah. more people to punch people <laughs> for the right reason. If you need to be punched, you gotta be punched. I guess. You, you can dish you can dish it but you can't take it. Come on, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh so yeah, Dan gets out and he's like he doesn't really want people to know he was in jail, but everybody knows he was in jail. Was so who's the lady who comes in? Crystal. Was that there? Oh yeah, that's she's a lady. <laughs> that's been there a while. Yeah. She's <laughs> Crystal. Yet. She's a family friend of theirs, oh, okay. and she's like kind of awkward, I think. And yeah, she worked at the factory. Yeah, and at this point in time, I think she's still married to Dan's dad. Oh right, they hooked up. Oh, they did all. They hooked up. And, they hooked up and that. had a kid together. Because her, she's like a childhood <laughs> friend of Roseanne's. And she and her like high school sweetheart got married and had a kid, and then he died because he got he was like a construction worker, and they were like building a new bridge, and he ended up getting like trapped in one of the pylons of the bridge when they like oh, poured yeah. the concrete onto it. Like it was a very like Roseanne esque sort of macabre revelation when you find out like what happened to Crystal's husband. Uh, wow. And then she ends up getting married to Dan's dad, and then they have a kid together. And but yeah, she's very awkward. And and yeah, and there's other people coming talking about jail and all that. And the story of why Dan's in jail, of course, is getting more and more embellished and such by different people. But uh, yeah, Roseanne now knowing that the secret's out says they've officially become white trash. So <laughs> and then they do a fun little hoedown dance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With a John Popper esque harmonica uh, reveal people have been saying it for years but now with dan going to jail and everything we are officially poor white trash <laughs> what more do you want and the all of the rumors just have dan getting in fights with people like none yeah. of it is specifically fisher and none of it's to defend jackie's no, honor for domestic Crystal, abuse. Is that her name? she knows it was fisher yeah she just oh, thinks yeah. it was over the poker game oh okay yeah Sorry. but jackie did stay overnight at the connor's house too yeah, so yeah, yeah. they're trying to take care of it yeah and darlene's like making breakfast and i thought that was really sweet because like the little bits i know of darlene she's like not super like you said austin she's not like super connected to the family right. but like right. here she is like i can take care of my aunt i'll make breakfast for us kind of thing and and then we learn that there's going to be an article about Dan in the paper, and that's where I got a little suspicious of this all. But well, to be Bang. fair, we don't know 
if there really is going to be an article in the paper, or if, or if that Darlene was just Darlene fucking with Dan yeah. some more. <laughs> yeah, it's possible, you're right. And do you guys have the, the magazine called Busted in your region? I no. can't say that we do. It's like amazing. It's a $2 <laughs> thing. I have a magazine called Busty, but that's a... It's <laughs> different. Busted is just mugshots from the past two weeks in the Portland metro area, and you can buy. Oh, actually, I haven't seen one in years. I hope it's still around. I should have been supporting them more. But yeah, people always love up, the Karen. arrested circulars, right? Yeah, Busted is amazing. It's great. Nice. When you recognize people, oh shit. Well, before this article paper, Jackie and Dan go into the room and have a conversation, and it's kind of funny because Jackie's like. Why did you go beat up Fisher? Oh, it's because you love me. But why did you do your shit? Yeah, like, she's she, this, like, bipolar <laughs> kind of response to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Like a push-pull familial, I hate you, thank you, you shouldn't have done right. this. I'm so upset. It was really real. It was, yeah. but I was just going to say, it feels like that's, like, the emotions you would go through. Like, mm-hmm. well, that's really touching. You did that for me, but it was the wrong thing to do. But, oh, but I'm still really touched. You know, like, it just. Right. And when you see somebody in that situation, if it's not you, you know, you just have to extend love and support and a lot of yeah. support. And they're going to go two steps forward and one step back a lot of times. Because just imagine if it was your relationship and if it was the closest thing in your world that had become destructive. Like, we just have to have patience and consideration for people when they go through that. Because it's huge. Crickets. Yeah. No, no, sorry. <laughs> it's good. good. I totally agree. Right? Yeah. Silence add emphasis. I think that one. <laughs> chong chong. <laughs> uh, so then we get to the next scene, I think, where uh, DJ comes in and asks Dan why it's okay for parents to lie or something. Yeah. yeah. Why, and, if kids have to tell parents the truth, parents don't have to tell kids the truth. Yeah. DJ's kind of like, spooky. <laughs> <laughs> And then Dan, Dan's like, oh, did you learn I was in jail? And he's like, no, I was just asking you a question, but why were you in jail? And that's when DJ starts really asking the hard questions. of Because Dan said, you know, he had to be, he hit Fisher, and that really wasn't right. But Fisher hit Jackie, and that's the worst thing you can do. But then DJ wants to know, like, why is it worse to hit a woman than a man? And a lot of... Uh, Unanswered. Well, tough questions. Tough questions that they kind that that they deserve props for bringing up, but don't offer any kind of definitive answers on. Yeah, the closest thing you get is Dan says that, um, it's okay to beat up someone who hurts someone you love. Mm-hmm. And then DJ asks, like, what if it's a woman beating up a guy? Then can you beat up a woman? And that's kind of where they leave it. But again, they didn't didn't they didn't like avoid telling DJ what happened to Jackie too. Yeah. So it's like right, yeah. This is where I this is where I wrote down like, oh, it's the anti beaver. <laughs> like DJ asked these questions, he's like, all right, I'm I'm uncomfortable about this, but I'm going to talk to you about it, which is like the opposite of what they did on Leave It to Beaver. Right? It shows how much we've come in just one episode. <laughs> Sitcom wisdom. It's amazing what a few decades will do. Yeah, going all the way from black and white to plaid flannel. <laughs> and Dan says that hitting a woman is the worst thing you can ever do. Yeah. And DJ's too young. But except for if you have prior consent to smack that ass, then yeah. it's okay. Yeah, you know, there's... But, right, imagine trying to explain that to that <laughs> well, spooky yeah, child. Well, yeah, I was just saying, it'd be like, yeah. sometimes women want to be smacked on the ass, so it's all right. 
Right. That that's where I always now, that's where I always get a little bit conflicted because I feel like the whole like the worst thing you can do is hit a woman is uh, how about murder? <laughs> well, no, no, child molestation, murder lots <laughs> of, of people, course. carry out genocide. Um, <laughs> you could no, just the notion that, that like. Special? The worst thing you do is hit a woman is like well intentioned, but also somewhat sexist, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's mm-hmm. because what I think it really boils down to is the worst thing you can do is is abuse the power you have over someone. Yes, so whether it's, it's a like power like dynamic, a boyfriend hitting a girlfriend, or a girlfriend hitting a boyfriend, or like a parent mm-hmm. abusing mm-hmm. a child, or or a firing the FBI director, yeah, or <laughs> abusing, <laughs> you know, abusing a you know an animal or something like that that doesn't can't no. fight back and doesn't know better. Like the problem, no. the worst thing you can do is hit someone who you have like some level of power and influence over and isn't able to fight back. Mm. Right. And so, but then that all just gets summed up as, you know, the worst thing you can do is hit a woman. And the implication is that, like, men are all superior to women. So that's the worst thing that a man can do is abuse that power. And that isn't necessarily true, even though it is true that it's wrong. You know, one of the worst things you can do is abuse that power. Yes. Yeah. That's true. I mean, I do think that's where domestic abuse takes that multi-layered approach because it's not just physical, it's emotional too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they address it a little bit now in the second piece where Jackie's, like, struggling with, like, should she or shouldn't she Mm -hmm. stay with Fisher and, you know, that kind of a thing. And, like, you don't just stop loving him all of a sudden and, you know, like, trying to, like, work through that. So, like, even though, like, her physical bruises will heal – and, like, physically she slept, even though she had some, you know, uh, the, the hospital gave her a drug or something mm-hmm. to help her sleep. But, like, um, but like there's this mind game phenomenon when it comes to domestic abuse. And that's a different level of power that you can hold over someone. And so now you've, you're controlling them physically and mentally. And, like, you can trick them into being victimized a different way or you can try to manipulate them feeling, you know, making them know no one else is going to love you like me and this was just an accident this one time or, you know, whatever kind of hoopla you want to spin out there to try mm-hmm. to um, to manipulate the situation. I guess I'm repeating myself, but it's just like that's where it kind of comes into being like that multi-layered approach and that makes it, I think that's what makes it so hard specifically for mm-hmm. women to leave you know, their significant others or their, their husbands in, in a domestic abuse situation is that there's a lot of factors involved. You have a life together. You've got kids together. You've got friends together, all of this stuff. And then they play Financial this. Financial ties. Yeah. yeah. And then they play this, like, mental game on you, too, that, like, has you second guessing. Like, was it my fault I got in his way? Like Jackie said before. Like, it was just this one time or I pushed in too far or whatever the argument is. You know, like, there's just this whole – it's a whole – like onion, you know, just constantly yeah. like so much to it in order to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And it just, well, yeah. And going back to sexism, like women are easily, women can get gaslit because we don't believe ourselves enough because mm-hmm. of how just the regular misogyny of the world. And also with sexism, you won't notice or hear as many stories of men who get abused by women, but that's totally a thing too. Mm-hmm. Anybody can be abused. If anybody's hitting you all the time, that's abuse. Right, I didn't really think right. about that. Yeah. yeah, it's just, well, this will go on to the next scene, which is that if someone is being physically abusive, almost 
almost always they'll be emotionally abusive too. Right. Sure. Because I mean, and part of it is it'll you know you break down somebody to the point that they do feel worthless or they don't have any other options or no one else would want them anyway so they'll accept the abuse because you know what else is there for them and but that's where you get kind of weirded out because then they go through where roseanne and jackie are talking in the kitchen uh and basically jackie's having second thoughts about going back to fisher and saying you know you know she thinks they can work it out was she has it? second thoughts about leaving Fisher. Yeah, yeah, she exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she's like dragging her feet to go get moving. Yeah, like Roseanne's like, I have boxes. And Jackie's like, but my breakables don't fit in there. Mm. So maybe I should just stay with Fisher. It's like, wait, what? Right. But that's where, but then Roseanne basically is starting to call Jackie an idiot and stuff. And that's where mm-hmm. it's kind of like you start feeling mm-hmm. like, Roseanne kind of primed Jackie for her, like, emotional abuse. Well, yeah, and there's an earlier line when when uh, when Dan is talking to DJ about what happened. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, Fisher was mean to your Aunt Jackie, but but in a different way than your mom than and your grandma mom. are mean <laughs> yeah. to Aunt Jackie. Yeah. Who'd you hit? Well, it's not important who I hit. Yes, it is. You tell me. <laughs> it was Fisher. Why'd you hit him? Because he was mean to your Aunt Jackie in a way that's much different from the way your mom and grandma are mean to her. Uh, that was probably the realest line in the whole yeah, episode. Yeah. yeah, it's true. But it's still kind of sad because then it's like, and sure. that's, yeah, and as we we talked about it before, he, Roseanne doesn't seem to learn a lesson or treat Jackie better after right. this. Right. But at the same, nope, it's not her episode. Yeah, I know. <laughs> though at the same time, you, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's tricky because then you really do get the sense by the end that she is looking out for Jackie and, oh yeah, you know, has her best intentions at heart. It's just kind of a complicated situation. It's, it's kind of like the same way, you know, they're siblings, so they're always going to mm-hmm. fight, and they, and it's the same thing as like when you think about what's the difference between bullying somebody and playing a hoax on somebody. Right. Right. And and there can be quite the fine line sometimes. And sometimes it's just how the other person reacts. Or, yeah. Mean, yeah. I mean some then there's also a line where it's clearly just bullying, you know, mm-hmm. or it's clearly just a joke. But I do think in life and in sitcoms mm-hmm. too, like in general, like you can't pick on my brother, only I can. Yeah. Like that's yeah. a very like yeah. real plot that happens a lot in certain things. And so it's one of those things where it's like I might degrade her or like mm-hmm. kind of like make her feel worthless, but I don't <laughs> physically give her bruises on her back. Yeah, so like that means I'm a better person yeah, <laughs> than Fisher. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's kind of her thoughts there. Mm-hmm. Because then you also think about Fisher's also mentally manipulating her. So he's like doing a double, yeah. you know, like. No, a, I'm not saying Roseanne's as bad as Fisher. I'm just saying right. maybe she could have curbed some of her uh, yeah. picking yeah. on Jackie and. And then uh, Laurie Metcalf gets another great moment here when uh, she's like, when Roseanne's just giving her a hard time and she's just like, well, I'm sorry that I couldn't find a guy like Dan so that we could just be a happily married couple who each weighs 500 pounds. (laughs) You are an amazing and wonderful person, Roseanne. I wish we could all be like you. I wish we could all be a happily married couple who each weighs 500 pounds. audience went wild that was huge it was such yeah. a good fight i remember uh, yeah, I, I remember my mom 
loving that line. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and they also make a point about something about Jackie still being like mentally messed up looking for something about her dad. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't sure as a non super Roseanne regular watcher, like, is there a reoccurring daddy issues kind of there there is okay yeah yeah there's i I mean there's an episode that that we could probably do one of our episodes about in which roseanne's dad dies and she and jackie struggle to come to terms with it in terms of like not because they're like super sad that this guy they love died but because he was kind of a son of a bitch and Mm -hmm. roseanne's more mad that he died before she has a chance to like Give like him a piece, yeah, like give him a piece of her mind, and like come to turn, like come to an understanding about. Because Roseanne their... and Jackie's mom is a lot in. The, I mean, are they yeah. divorced right, or something? Right. Yeah, she's I mean, I guess, around a lot. Are the are yeah, the, she's the parents divorced? By, I think they don't divorce before the dad dies. I can't remember. No, I th- yeah, no, you're if right. You can't. Remember they don't. don't they don't get divorced, but you find out that Roseanne's dad had an affair. Like he had a whole separate okay. family when they were growing up that he was keeping on the side and then that ties in with their issues and and uh, okay um and it sounds like he was abusive or something Mm -hmm. yeah and there's and that's kind of what the episode that deals with his death they kind of allude to some of that like the emotional abuse if not also physical abuse and stuff like that based uh based on the roseanne autobio that i read the 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 abusive father would be based on her real life to an extent. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. more very much so. Real Roseanne in the mix. Yeah. Yeah, I just yeah. wasn't sure about the dad component. Yeah. I know they mentioned that, and I was like, yeah. "Is this like a thing?" And I know Roseanne's dad is a, or mom is around a lot, mm. so I just like I said, I wasn't sure how the they dad make fit her into a lesbian it. too. They make everyone a lesbian in that <laughs> one season. It's nice, right? Right. Get it, girl. Yeah. Hey, I'd watch an all lesbian. Everything. <laughs> uh, I don't know yet. And Roseanne does say, before you change this top, are you moving to the next scene? All right. Sorry, yeah. Roseanne does say something to Jackie about she, you know, because when she says that, well, I'm sorry I didn't marry my high school sweetheart or whatever type line, Roseanne's like, I had tons of boyfriends before, Dan, and they all treated me like crap. And then I realized that I deserved better. And I yeah. feel like that's kind of like a really empowerment moment because mm-hmm. I think as people who are victims of of domestic abuse like it, it, there has to be that aha moment that you like wake up and realize that like this is not right this is not good for your family for you what kind of message are you sending to your daughters if you have that da- like right. there's a, there's just like a big like this is not what my life is meant to be and i deserve to not have to deal with this and and that's right. where you kind of like muster up that courage to be like it doesn't matter if I don't have a good enough job to pay for myself or whatever, like whatever mental attacks that he's doing on me, like I deserve better and I'm going to actually make an, an effort now, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just weird that she'd have that moment in high school. And <laughs> that she wouldn't, that she wouldn't spend a good 10 or 15 years settling before she realized that she yeah. deserved better. Well, but, or maybe that comes to this daddy issue thing. Like maybe she saw it as like a mom dad relationship and realized that that's not something she wants at a very young age, you know? Yeah. Roseanne is a boss ass bitch. Did you see the little Roseanne cartoon? And there's, there's, yeah. It happened. I can't remember it. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Yeah, I think it did. Wasn't Tom Arnold in that? Yeah, it was like, yeah, he was in everything she did for 20 years. Yeah. 
And then nothing. And then nothing <laughs> no, ever. I like yeah. him. Um, he was good in Austin Powers. He was. That was. Yeah. He was in True Lies. What did you eat? Oh yeah. Um, was he in Austin Powers? Why do I not know that? <laughs> he was the guy in the bathroom who watched Austin Powers <laughs> shit slash kill the guy. Yeah, yeah. Show that shit. <laughs> Real good. Boss. Just grab something and get into town. <laughs> Boy, what did you eat? <laughs> he sees the dead goon in the toilet. Um, classic gay. Yeah, classic gay. Probably the pinnacle of Tom Arnold's career, frankly. <laughs> I think so, too. Uh, but I haven't watched this stupid. No, but David, to your point, I think it speaks a little bit to, like, just the character of Roseanne relative to Jackie. That, like, she's the type of person that she did figure that out in high school, and that's why she is the way she is. Whereas, like, Jackie is still figuring, she's the one that didn't figure it out in high school and is still coming to terms with that now. No, what it speaks to Austin is what a pussy I was in high school. (laughs) (laughs) Just the idea of, like, dating a lot of guys and finding out, like, no, I deserve better than these guys. Where in my mind, high school relationships are much more innocent than that, that you don't, like. Yeah. I don't know. I know what you mean. Hmm. You're not gonna have too many truly serious. Did you guys like date like Archie, like two on a milkshake? You didn't realize you deserved better when you were dating lots of guys in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you yeah, did there. I got what I deserved in high school. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, and that's behind you now. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was a buckle joke. I got it. It was a little bit of a reach. Oh, man. Like I a want like a, a reach. Now I want a ringtone of Lauren saying, that was a butthole joke. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, this is Spousal uh, abuse. a very special episode of okay. We're not done yet. There's more. There's more. There's good stuff. So we, uh, yeah, great stuff. We end up in uh, Fisher's apartment, or Jackie and Fisher's apartment, I should say, and Roseanne and Jackie are packing things up, and uh, Fisher shows up. Fisher has more art on his walls than I would imagine your standard domestic abuser yeah. has. <laughs> he's an artist. He's yeah, a he was a freelance artist. artist though. Oh, yeah. I forgot that he was. Yeah, don't forget, okay. Carol, this episode shows both sides of the artistic point. You have, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you have Darlene. You can't just assume all domestic abusers don't like art. <laughs> I know, but I do. Yeah, you have Darlene, <laughs> the, the edgy underground up-and-coming comic artist and then you have fisher the down on his luck angry abusive commercial artist yeah like we should have just let hitler sell paintings you guys Would have solved yeah. a lot of problems yeah there's some asshole artists out there yeah i think we all know that no <laughs> Carol's like i've never met one <laughs> several several great uh, it, I, yeah, no, never mind. <laughs> no, I was gonna say it just kind of reminds me of like only in recently did I realize how big of assholes geeks can be too. And you just like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah no huge. Geeks. I've met more asshole geeks than I have artists. Probably, yeah. I don't know. Easily. It's a whole. It's an epidemic, and I didn't. It's a problem. I guess I was insulated from that. Thank God. But right. yeah, they too. need to talk with their daddy figures. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they need to talk with somebody. And... But math geeks are cool. Yeah, <laughs> probably. I don't know. I've never met too many. <laughs> this one, this one. Branch out a little bit, Carolyn. They're everywhere. I know. <laughs> <laughs> math. Uh, 
I feel like there's a relationship where a lot of people who are geniuses at something end up being assholes at something. Else sure, sure. It becomes ego. Yeah. Uh, you can be great at something without, like, being an asshole, but it, yeah. you can also, <laughs> the two joints go nicely into each other. Mm-hmm. Anyways. For uh, the record, I told Austin that I would help teach Liam math forever. So. All right. He knows that. Yeah, because once, once we get past simple addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, we're, we're no help. <laughs> Call once Auntie the Lauren. alligators show up and you're like, which way is the alligator supposed to point? Exactly. <laughs> this is when we Skype Auntie Lauren. Uh-huh. Let's go. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So then Fisher shows up as they're cleaning up the apartment. I mean, humorously, Roseanne is not taking care of stuff that is Fisher's. So, like, yeah, she picks she's up like, a boom box and is like, yeah. oh, do you have a Corpus? Oh, that's Fisher's. And she just drops it. And that's back when boom boxes cost hundreds of dollars. Yeah, no, that was like a pricey bit of consumer electronics that she just dropped. You broke my disc, man. Well, near the end, she does the same thing with like a subwoofer or something. That's a T. That was a TV, David. Don't ruin it. That was the best one part. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler alert! You blew it. I apologize. All right, so Fisher shows up, up and uh, (laughs) Roseanne is in the other room at the moment, so he gets some alone time with Jackie, and he does the typical, woe is me, I'm sorry, it's all my fault, take me back kind of stuff. Yeah, but Jackie says right away, like, whoa, whoa, you're not supposed to be here, I don't want to talk, let's not, I don't want to deal with this. And then he's like, but look at me, you know. You got all beat up, and I didn't mean to call the cops, it was the neighbors. We learned that he dropped the charges, so that's the end of that. Plot line, but uh, so punch him again. Which yeah, I know. Have no yeah. I mean, and kudos, now you're free. Come on. Kudos to the show for like establishing that he dropped the charges so that we aren't like, Uncle Dan's not going to jail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good <laughs> uh, he wouldn't have ended up in jail anyways, but uh, but uh, White so privilege. then Roseanne comes in and is basically because I think but Jack... he's trying to guilt her, he's yeah, like, yes. We had such a great life mm-hmm. and. Let's start over. And... Yeah. And I won't hit you again. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Again, and again. Roseanne again, again, that again. This isn't the first time that something like this has happened. And never has her fury been so righteous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fisher says something like, we, we'll work through it just like we did before mm-hmm. or something. And then she was like, wait a minute, this has happened before? Why? Well, he like sheepishly like looks to the side like uh oh you know. Why don't you just marry him and then have a whole bunch of kids so he can smack them around too? Hey, look, I've just about had it with you. Now I'm not gonna let you screw this up for me. Jackie understands me. We can work this out. We've done it before. You mean this happened before? Is that true, Jackie? Okay, sorry. I didn't realize that this was the kind of sick relationship you were looking for. Maybe I was wrong to try to help you get out of it. I'll tell you what. I'm going to go downstairs and sit in my car. When you figure out what it is you're going to do, you let me know. I don't know what to say about it all, except it's just very real, you know? Yeah. Well, and what's yeah. so fantastic when, when Fisher says that line, when he's like, we'll work through this like we did before, which is just like, I mean, it's a bullshit line to start with. 
but then mm-hmm. by its very definition, it's bullshit because it's like, yeah. we'll work through this like we did before. You mean before, like when it led to you doing it again? Like it's right. It's like like you didn't obviously work through it anymore. Like, cause you did it again. You did not work through exactly. it. Exactly. But I think it's very real. I think that people of domestic abuse get repeat. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Before somebody helps them sort of see the light or realize it's not an isolated incident. You I know, mean, the thing to remember is especially like, you know, during this time for a person, they still love the other person, you know? Right, right. Despite the fact that they're abusive and an asshole, they are still in love at that moment. And right. it's hard to just not want to A, be with that person and think things are going to change with that person, no matter. I think it's just your battle between your heart and your brain. Yeah. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. That's a good way of putting it. And your genitals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too, depending, so. yeah. Your genitals want something and your, yeah, your brain knows what's best usually in those times, but the other stuff you start trying to change <laughs> your mind, self-justify that kind of stuff. And your heart's just plumping blood to the both yeah, of them. Yeah, Whoever exactly. gets the most for swims. Mm-hmm. And usually it's the genitals. Oh, <laughs> that's the genital noise. Mm-hmm. And so then Roseanne does something that I don't know if I quite agreed with when she's like, fine, if you want to be with them, I'm just going to be out there waiting in the car and then leave them alone. Right. And except she doesn't. I, uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. We learned that. It, yeah, I was conflicted on that move. I'm like, I don't know if I'd be comfortable leaving them alone at that moment. At the same yeah. time, I feel like at any point. This is the least likely time Fisher would be abusive, you know, because it's the down part of the cycle, so to speak. Right. It's mm-hmm. it's the like, oh, come on, baby, it'll be okay part of yeah, the cycle. Yeah, yeah. So He's going to be on his best behavior, so to speak, until he gets comfortable again and right. be abusive again. Right. Love bombing. Yeah. Yeah. But then, I mean, the scene needed it. Yes, yes, not, definitely. That's the right Yeah, yeah whether you should leave someone alone with their abuser is one thing, but it let us have Jackie have her moment where she just on her own decides that she needs to leave Fisher for her own good. Yeah, I mean, the the thing I wrote down that I <clears throat> really appreciated, and mm-hmm. maybe because I'm an overbearing older sister as well, um, <laughs> so I identify with Roseanne a little bit, um, is before she leaves, like, realizes that this is a repeat thing, um, and she comes out of the bedroom, and Fisher's like, Roseanne, we were talking, you should just leave us alone. And then she says, if you think beating up on my sister doesn't have everything to do with me, then Dan must have hit you harder than I thought. And I thought that was a really good line because (laughs) it just shows, like, no, like, you mess with her, you mess with the whole family. Like, this is not just a you and her thing and you can work on manipulating and controlling her. Like, I'm her support system. I'm with her. I'm here. Like, this is something that affects me, too. So, yeah, I appreciated that. And Roseanne also said that Dan wasn't the dangerous one. Yeah. yeah no. She said she had a loose meat sandwich restaurant or something. <laughs> I know what to do with the body. <laughs> yeah, she's going to straight up fried green tomatoes to Wanda, bitch. I was like, what? <laughs> so cool. So cool. Go get him, Roseanne. Who do you feed that to? Though? That's the question. A plant. Yeah, or like maybe, a bad yeah. man. <laughs> Feed it to Ed Brimley Jr. Those <laughs> punk t- teenage kids yeah. that are Florida, yeah. they'll burn that stuff up pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I do think that when, ja- when Jackie's in there by herself talking to Fisher, she's like, 
she's like really overwhelmed. You know, she she's kind of talking out loud her feelings. Like, I moved in here. I thought we were going to get married. I thought we were going to have a family. I thought mm-hmm. this was going to be our lives together. And now I've got bruises on my back and I don't know what to do. And I, I don't even have time to think it through because it just doesn't make sense. You know, like it just, it seemed like so real, like going through those emotions, you know? Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, as I said, Jackie decides on her own, basically, to leave, and Roseanne's right outside the door. She did not actually go to her car, and that's when uh, that's when Roseanne drops the TV. And then well, Roseanne comes back in to grab, like, Jackie was taking a box out or something, and she's, you know, mm. I think she threatens him one more time, like, just mm. leave her alone or whatever, and grabs the TV, and he's like, oh, that's actually mine. And she's like, oh, okay, and then just, like, opens her hands and left falls to the ground. <laughs> and she's like, I hate myself for that, which is what... Oh, I feel horrible! Which is what yeah. had said. He's like, oh, I hate myself for what I did. And yeah. And then he's like, I hate myself memories. for that. It's mine. I hate myself for that. You're like, ah, suck it. See you, see you never again, Fisher. <laughs> Bye. Even though he was still married to Laurie Metcalf for 10 years or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah not yet. They were just dating at this point. Oh, so yeah. Well, they won't get married. Does till. Jackie move into Roseanne's house? Is that what we're supposed to assume happens? Mm, I don't think for so. For now, maybe. Probably I for like a couple like she weeks. But she eventually. Yeah, next what's the name of the guy? She eventually starts dating another guy. Is it Gary? And they have a kid together. And I think they get married oh. at some point. And he's like her last like long term relationship. But I can't remember what the hell the guy's name is. Just go talk to the Google orphans. <laughs> Give him some air. Yeah. We did like how Jackie took the moment to like say that she is saying goodbye to him by herself so yeah. that both him and Roseanne don't think that it's because of Roseanne, that it's yeah. about Jackie. She really becomes herself here, yes. even though everybody shits on her all the time. Yeah, I know. She took the moment <laughs> to moment stand here and yeah. say that. It was her making the decision. Nobody else made it for her. Which, even if her character wouldn't say that, it's appreciated for the power moment. Correct. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's an, an, I think it's important for... For Jackie to be the one that makes that declaration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would hope they'd say that. Just like maybe not like having that reach. It's like a staircase wit kind of line too, where it's yeah. like, I wish I thought that right at the time, but I didn't. I'd yeah, like, I know. Goodbye, <laughs> you son of a bitch. Fuck it. Yeah. I know. It'd be like it's you. You suck. And then I'm... <laughs> yeah. No, I could see like maybe it's me thinking a TV script life is realistic, but I could see a. A woman being like, nope, this is about me, and I'm done, and this is not yeah, happening man. anymore. Goodbye. Like, I'm sure somebody out there would. It just wouldn't be me. <laughs> I'd just be like, yeah. And i stick my tongue out. And... <laughs> uh, Fred is the guy that she ends up marrying and having a baby mm. with. Fred I Savage? remember that one. Yeah. I love Fred he Savage. had, like, red hair. Yeah, and a beard. Fred, Fred Savage hair. doesn't have red hair. <laughs> yeah, it's not Fred Savage. <laughs> He would be way too young. (laughs) Uh, We're going off the rails. We're almost done. Uh, (laughs) So then we end up in the bedroom, and Roseanne is just thinking about how lucky she is to have a guy like Dan. She's making googly eyes at him. Yeah. Then they get their freak on. Deservedly so. Yes. Yeah, they're like the first sexy BBW couple. Yes. Yeah. They're not your first choice to fuck, but then they're not your last choice either. Like, you could imagine it either of them pretty easily. 
pretty everybody could everybody <laughs> yeah 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 you know they're they're getting down dan's pretty excited to fuck <laughs> they love each other they fuck it's but it's funny because like they still kind of poke fun at each other mm. i think like a real couple would like while they're still attempting to seduce each other mm-hmm. they're like she's like you're so great and he's like name 10 reasons and she's like you picked to marry me but that's all i got like mm. ha, ha, ha. like <laughs> picked me and you fix things like good enough you're pretty cool do you want me (laughs) i've just washed i just said you were cool i didn't say i want to do nothing fine oh okay come here no 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 i'm not that easy tell me some more wonderful things about myself start with my eyes you want to hear all the things i like about you uh you picked me. <laughs> and you picked stuff. Good enough. Let's get after it. Yeah. yeah. And then they uh, presumably make the house shake a little for a while. <laughs> Come together to form the beast with two backs. Mm-hmm. I prefer Don't. to think it was doggy style. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like actually eating doggy bags yeah, while they're yeah. doing it. Some more of that, some more of that chicken skin. <laughs> yeah, some chicken skin. <laughs> Didn't they have another baby in the show later yeah, on? Yeah, they do. Jerry Garcia Connor. Oh my what? god, right. They named it after that guy. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, they end up having a baby around the same time Jackie does so that they both have like babies. That was the point where I was starting to tune out of the show. Why do they do yeah. that in TV shows? Add babies to the mix. Because they run out of ideas. Because yeah. they run out of babies. All their babies age and it's not cute anymore. But it, yeah, it also spices things up because they're like... Eh. Well, like if you're on a show that never had a baby, then you have a baby so that they can do plot lines involving babies that you can only like do Like diaper changing ha- yeah, crap. That you can only do when you have a baby. But then after you run through all of those stories, you're like, well, I don't want to deal with this baby shit anymore. So they age jump the baby to become like yeah, a young yeah. kid and now Two you get years. to do all the cute young kid stories all over again because it's been 10 years since the original cute young kids were cute and young and so you get to go back to that well and or there's the times when they introduce the baby because they want kind of the pregnancy baby plot line but then suddenly they're like we don't want to deal with babies anymore so like the baby's just like not there most of the time, and or it turns like, out to all just been a, a, a dream or a hallucination, like that whole season of Married with Children where Peggy yeah. was pregnant. Mm-hmm. She was pregnant too. Wow, I missed a lot of TV. I must have been outside a lot. Yeah, you of the really kids. should have gotten less fresh air and exercise, Lauren. <laughs> We're doctors. I played with Barbies. <laughs> uh, so then Dan anyway, sings Jailhouse Rock with some guys in the jail. Yeah, like how how hot was he there? Yeah. <laughs> Well, not see, only me. I was Didn't thinking, he look like Fred Flintstone? I was really like, oh yeah, this must have been when the Flintstones came out. Pretty close Ooh. to it. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Maybe his hair, yeah. I was assuming this was going to be revealed just at the very end to be a dream or something. Like, wake <laughs> no. Up. No, not the whole like episode, but just him like wake up like that's the, the end. Jail part. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, because he was just in jail oh. and he dreaming it. But no, they just decided to do a musical. Not like I think it. Yeah, yeah they didn't bother to explain. No, this it. was yeah, just. Exactly. I think just John Goodman wanted to do a little Elvis riff. <laughs> yeah, well, and they can see like the cops are sitting on the side of the jail, like doing the background and stuff. And they have like mm-hmm. three guys who are inmates, like in full on striped gear, playing guitar That's and right. stuff or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It was nice to see. 
It just kind of gave another moment to that vibe of like Dan actually going to jail, which isn't all that common. They got the other set and just just Elvis because he's a sexual dynamo and we should all bask in it. (laughs) To to me, it was more of a piece with the uh, Saved by the Bell, the college years goofs at the the end of the episode. It was less like (laughs) in show continuity and more just like the cast goofing around and putting it on film. I, I guess it's just because the previous episode had a stinger that was yeah uh, kind canon, of storyline yeah. 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 and that I think and I think this one was just going to be a dream just to kind of wrap it up yeah. I guess not that I'm offended or anything yeah. I just thought that's what was going to happen I was like no they just had a non sequitur of him singing Jailhouse Rock and I guess it moved a little for me I guess I see what Carolyn's saying <laughs> you know who'd be good as a warden is Big Mike from College yeah. Oh yeah he'd make a great Ooh. one so good. Who would you get on first, though? John Goodman? I know. This <laughs> <laughs> depends on what side of the law I'm on that day. <laughs> yeah, but you get to actually see what's beneath, what what that body is if you go with Mike. <laughs> like, you actually... <laughs> There's questions on both that <laughs> someone can answer mm. for America. So, yeah. Austin. Yo. Uh, you think this was very special? What was the most special? Learn anything? Anything like that? <laughs> no. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. No. Uh, I think the most special moment for me was um, was either when DJ pretended not to be Dan's kid. Because uh, <laughs> it really spoke, uh, hit home for me right now. Um, or also, um, as good as Laurie Metcalf's big dramatic moments were her mm. big comedic ones in this one between yeah. the how to tell us apart thing and the uh sorry i can't be a happily married couple who each weighs 500 pounds <laughs> so good carolyn uh yeah as much also as i want to give it to Lori's dramatic performance uh the moments that i probably liked the best was just seeing Ed Bagley Jr. lock his door. <laughs> seeing Dan like experience white privilege in prison oh, and it just kind of being a nice Elvis day. <laughs> but the number one most special was when Roseanne laughed at Darlene's smut obscene comics <laughs> and they had that mother-daughter familial bond. And just like you won't get in trouble if your mom laughs at the joke. I think that was the rule we all abided by and that still seems really true to me. Well, there was the uh, the very early when Darlene had the pants fiasco, you know. The oil butt. Yeah. Yep. And she's like, and now I know how Becky feels. And then Dan just laughs. And yeah. Like, <laughs> Which, and it very much seemed like, was that Dan laughing or was that John Goodman laughing? Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> when which Becky? Yeah. Yeah. Any yeah. Becky. Dilemma deluxe. <laughs> Lauren? Um, well, so I like this episode. I mean, mm. I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to say at this part, but I thought that it was, it handled a very sensitive topic, but I think that it helped bring some comedy into it to lighten it a little bit, so it didn't feel just like this extremely serious episode, whereas, like, if you watch it in syndication, you're going to be like, oh, I don't want to waste my time watching this, because all I'm going to do is feel depressed about life, you know? So, like, I feel like there's enough, like, other things, normal family dynamic, plot, like, funny humor stuff that all connects to each other and sort of how I envision Roseanne just kind of working that kind of like um, makes it a little easier to take while they are able to touch on the really top like topical stuff. Um, I think 
I still like the Dan and Darlene in jail piece. And my favorite part is when she comes around the corner and she goes, well, well, well. And he just immediately is like, ah, as he's about to eat his like white privilege hamburger. And he's just really mad. And he's like, where, where, where is your mother? Why is she not here? You know, but I just, I wanted, I've recommended this episode. I emailed in and said, here's a bunch of episodes and this is one you should do. Cause I think it's, Different than child molestation that you guys have done a lot of those episodes. We needed a break. We yeah. something a little different. I mean, it's still abuse and bad stuff. Um, but, like, I think it, it's a serious topic. And I think, you know, in, in current life, like, women's rights are kind of being um, squished. For, yeah, for lack of a better mm-hmm. word. And, like, you know, almost being hindered and sort of being told that it doesn't matter. And, like, maybe they shouldn't be saying things because of changes that might happen, you know, in a legislative area, and that's just not right. Um, you know, I have uh, a family member who's experiencing something like this currently, and it just, it really hits home to me, and, you know, I'm very proud of her for making the decision to leave and get out of a bad situation and um, take her children out of it, too, because it's what's right for all of them, and it's going to only make everybody healthier and happier and safer in the long run. Um, you know, and she's trying to be an advocate for women who are struggling. And I think that's really great to be able to take a situation and try to empower others to come to realizations that you've hit. You know, kind of when Jackie said, I, I'm making the decision for myself. Like, you know, everybody needs to have that moment. Um, but that doesn't mean that people can't help you get to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just Googled quickly. There's the the National Domestic Violence Hotline website. It's called thehotline.org. So if anybody finds themselves in a situation that they want to do some digging and figure out what resources are available, you can check there. And there is a disclaimer on their website that says sometimes your computer activity is monitored. So if you don't think you are in the clear, you can just call directly. And that number is 1-800-799-7233. So if anybody's in a situation where they're not comfortable or feeling unsafe, they should take advantage of of this opportunity to speak up and, and figure out how to help yourself. Yeah. David, you can never pull shit. Your girl is on it. <laughs> well, I don't plan to pull shit. Yep. But... That's fine. That's good of you. <laughs> yeah, it's a win-win for both of us. Uh... He's, he's too scared to do it because he knows I will yeah, fight back. That, Plus, that's... he would never do it. So, uh, Or maybe it's the other if, way around. But yeah. If anything ever happens, Austin is showing up with chicken. Yep. Yeah, I know. Yep. Something's going to go down. Yeah, no, to your, to, your point, to your point, Lauren, it's... Um, you know, this is undoubtedly a very special episode, but it's also mm-hmm. like a pretty funny episode of Roseanne. Like, yeah, it well, works, Roseanne's funny. Like it's it manages to do both, which is mm-hmm. not something that a lot of very special episodes manage right. to do very well. I don't think that it it dwelled on the, the very special part. Yeah, like it, you know where it made a drain on the episodes yeah. where you're like, gosh, when is this part going to get over? But like the normal family humor dynamic that helps kind of like carry through that. It gives gives the, the the issue the room it needs and it affords it the severity that it deserves, but it also still lets the show be the show and not just get completely steamrolled by its well-meaning attempt to shed some light on an issue. Right. Right. Well, now I'm supposed to follow that up, huh? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. Well, (laughs) (laughs) one thing, one thing that was odd is, so I didn't remember this episode in its entirety, or the two episodes, and so when I heard it was about, like, Dan, or 
Jackie's gets abused by her boyfriend and then Dan beats him up and goes to jail. I thought the going to jail thing was going to be a bigger deal than it was. And I guess part of it's just the white privilege that was on display where, like, everything was, everything was very cool. Yeah. But it's like it never – like, I thought there was going to be, like, this very uh, pessimistic message of, like, doing the right thing can still get you in trouble. You know, you can't right. win for losing kind of thing. But that really – I don't know. It's just, it almost felt like just something in there to kill time than to have any sort of, like – message of society or anything right. to that effect. Yeah, white people felt really safe with police in 1993, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's... That's the yeah. takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the takeaway. <laughs> so I guess the very special part for me was at the beginning of the episode during the poker game where Dan talked about the downsides of being self-employed in which oh, he sexually God. harasses himself. <laughs> and that's something that really... Sp- speaks to me and i wish they would have explored that a little more because that's something i can really relate to that's another part i didn't mention yeah i relate to that so much it's just you're at home and you're on the computer and your hands in your pants yeah exactly and you're like, 90 percent of it like what am i doing you know i don't know <laughs> how dare me who i should talk to should i call should i just accept it you, know, I don't know. you should definitely email somebody like a doctor <laughs> <laughs> Every time I'll email somebody. Or a fan. Yeah, email yeah, our fans yeah. back about We got a singular fan. Every time. <laughs> you were ridiculous. <laughs> um, where, uh, Carolyn, where can people find you online? You can find me at www.carolynmain.com. C A R O L Y N M A I N. Like the street. Also, very soon ish. Look for something up on www.pitchplease.fun. That's going to be a very special episode. It is. The one about Carol sexually harassing herself. (laughs) That's such a great bit. So relatable. (laughs) Austin? Uh, You can find me sexually harassing myself on Twitter (laughs) at Austin Gordon. And you can read my writing at therealgentlemanofleisure.com. Lauren, can people find you online, or do you want people to find you online? Sure, if they want to. I had to look up my Twitter handle because I didn't remember what it was. But it's <laughs> it's at son of Paul P A U L. So that's my Twitter handle. And S O N. Yep, S O N. Son of Paul. My last name's Paulson, so it's the or ah. son of Paul. Uh-huh. Norwegian, yay <laughs> for heritage. Um, but it looks like I just post a lot of pictures from my Instagram, but I don't know what my Instagram is. So just find the Twitter and then we'll go from there. Um, and I have been posting, we just got back from a vacation, so there's those pictures. And then I've been posting a little bit more political crap lately. So just be careful Bye. in case you want to follow that. So I think we're all posting more political crap. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah, it's just. It's kind of everywhere. Where... <laughs> it doesn't let up. Uh, speaking of political crap, you can find my political crap uh, <laughs> on Twitter at Dr. Bits, Dr. Spelled Out. And you can read me eventually. I don't know. Things are a disaster when I'm writing, but uh, the real gentleman of pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line to sell your writing. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, you got to find it, and it's increasingly hard to find because you're not writing. Because <laughs> it doesn't exist. <laughs> no. <laughs> So, (laughs) we are a very special episode podcast. You can find us at 
a very special episode podcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at AVSEPod. You can uh, email us, AVSEPodcast at gmail.com. Or you can check out our Facebook page and send nudges to Austin, I think. He likes to get. I, I like to be nudged. Yeah, I don't know. Do they even do that? Or pokes? That's what pokes, Facebook does. Yeah, uh, yeah poke Austin. Still a thing? I don't think that's still a thing. It shouldn't be, yeah, but I it know. is. I think. Well, if you're getting poked inappropriately, remember the national. <laughs> <laughs> there should be one, and we don't have the new pokes division. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and we are also a part of the River City Podcast Federation, and you can go to their website at rivercitypodcastfederation.com and check out all sorts of great podcasts that uh, are awesome, right? They're all awesome. Yeah. Are we endorsing They're all them? great. They're all yeah. great. We endorse every one of Everyone. them because we haven't listened to one yet them. that has been bad. <laughs> Have you listened That's to them true. before yet? Dun, dun, dun. I've... Listen to some. I have not listened to all the podcasts, which I have a little bit of guilt about, but you can beat me, dear yeah, listener. There's a lot of them, though. That's the only one. Hi, I'm Chris Hottamy. And I'm Kyle McCormick. We are the hosts of Reboot, Reboot Reuse, Recycle. Kyle, what's this podcast about? Well, Chris, in Reboot, Reuse, Recycle, me and you and a guest, usually a comedian of some kind, watch a movie, and then it's remake, and then we goof on it. That we do, and we've had some great guests in the past. We've had Riley Silverman. Hutch Harris. Kate Willett. Uh, others. Justin Cousin. Justin Cousin. Uh, and of Portland greats like Caitlin Warehouser, Shane right. Hosey, Lucia Fasano. Right, Kevin and, Arnold. Exactly. Angels and demons alike. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we are a fun show. We hope you listen to us on the River City Podcast Federation, and... Peace out. <laughs> yeah, so check that out. Uh, I am David Bitsenhofer, and I'm letting you all know that the longer you don't know what's in my head, the longer you don't sleep in shifts. <laughs> Truth story. That was a very special episode We dissected that shit from head to toe Did the time fly by or was it slow? Got so many life lessons Oh how we've grown Seen so much TV that we're gonna explode Next time on a very special episode
Hi, I'm Ed Begley Jr. I want to introduce you to a revolutionary new device, the new Cinco Phone from Cinco Mobile. The great thing about the Cinco Phone, it has one button and one only. Let's say I want to call my mom. Press it on, open both the antennas for better reception, and the number 555-5-5-0-1-9-5-5-5-5-5-5-5-5-5-5-5-5-5-5-5-5-5-5-5-5-5-5-5-5-5-5-5-5-5-5-5-5-5-5-5-5-5-5-5-5-5-5-5-5-